guys like us, they got no family. And they ain't got nobody in the world to give the hoot and hell about it. But, but not us. That's it, George. But not, not us. Tell about us now. Not us. Because? Because I got you. And I got you, George. That's what that gives a hoot and hell about us. George, but tell, tell now how it's going to be. We're going to get a little place. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get a little plate and we're going to... We're going to... Have... We have a cow. Some pigs. We're going to have maybe maybe a chicken. Down the flat, we'll have a little field. The alfalfa for the rabbits. The rabbits. And I get to tend the rabbits. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that George Shoot Let's Lenny. Ah, damn it. George Shoots oh. Lenny does what it says on the tin. Yeah. I'm going to power through. <laughs> well done. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Lim. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Yeah, I just thought I'd give it the... Uh, you were cruel for that intro. I just thought I'd give it the experience that I had every time I tried to teach this, which is like, as soon as you try to open it, it was one kid going, why does my book say George Shoots Lenny? <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, all right, uh, cool. <laughs> we are doing episode number 142 of Mice and Men. Yay. Like the title comes from a Shakespearean quote Does of it? Mice and Men. I think so. Um, yeah, so uh, 142, as we continue to do our October recording session of... Um, condensed episodes. Well, conden- oh, the episodes aren't condensed. Well, um, condensed. Our schedule uh, is. Schedule, yeah. yeah, and we're recording all in and out of order. Yeah. So we've already recorded episode number 144. Yeah. Yeah. 145? 144. Uh, We'll record 145 on Wednesday. We're doing 142 today. Next Sunday, we'll do 143 (laughs) before we get back on track with everybody for 146. It all makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you got a spreadsheet. Yeah, me too. Because I'd be lost. I wouldn't want to be dragging or rushing. And with that, Uh, if you you haven't heard our episode last week on Whiplash, um, I I promoted it as the most divisive episode we've ever had. I think it's accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's accurate. Like we've had ones where people have had hotter takes, Georgia and the and the zero that turned into a two on train spotting. <laughs> yep. Or you know the grease, and we try to talk Liam off a ten, <laughs> or 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 me just going, no, it it's not brilliant that Sophie's supposed to be a witch because I need to know that. <laughs> so we we've had more divisive individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as like a group, just like yeah, a direct split. Like a split. Yeah. 2-2, yeah. two, two, and then when Hermes came on, 3-2. Um, you know, but yeah, for, the, for, for as Billy Joel would say, for the longest time. <laughs> Whoa, for the longest time. Whoa, for the longest, most divisive episode, I said. I said. That Fletcher threw a symbol at Andrew's head. Andrew's head. (laughs) (laughs) Is he a user? Andrew goes back to his abuser. I don't know what to say, so I can finish my rhyme. There we are. Um, well yeah, that's ah, all right. Um, 
Yeah, but before we go on for any more of the longest time, we need to give a big thanks to our friends of the podcast. That would be our Patreon backers. Hey. So that's a big shout out to Reverend Bruce, yeah. Julie, All right. Hermes, Come on. Lena Oberholzer, yeah. Katie McRae, All right. and Zinian Davies. Yeah. Chris Peterson, Come on. Randall, what's your handle? Silva, yeah. Dwayne Smith, Woo. Dwayne Smith, the Yeetmeister, <laughs> yeah. Nate the Great, Woo. Andy Dixon, Woo. Holly Callen, yeah. Cheesy with a fish on, on a bike, <laughs> and Richard. Hey, Richard. Yeah, we should mention George is poorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can probably hear it in the mics. Yeah. I was, when she got over, she was like, oh, I'm not feeling that great. I was like, oh, that's not a big deal. And then when I heard her in the mic, I went, oh, it's like all you could hear. Like, I thought the mic might do. Sometimes if you're like a little bit froggy in the voice, the mic actually hides it all. It's not. It's my nose, though. So okay. I can't. Like, I've I been in shows. Like, when I did spam a lot the second time, I like almost, I got sick the week of the of the performance mm-hmm. and pretty much lost my voice. Oh. And when I went on stage, the mic like saved like, everything I had. The mic made it sound like I was at normal. It was, it was the strangest thing. I was going to say, you didn't sound off. No, it was, it, it was <laughs> yeah, rough. Yeah, yeah. I was okay every night, and they used that damn stage smoke. Oh, yeah. And it hits my throat, throat yeah. and it was gone. It just dries it out, doesn't it? So yeah. I think by There's act, a lot of stage smoke. As far as I, I think by act two, where, where my solo was, I think I was okay. Okay. But my first scene, yeah. I was like, it's just like... All, <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you're, when you're up on the towers going like, yeah. you know... Uh, imagine two sparrows, you know, and a coconut together, an African or a European swallow. <laughs> oh, it could be carried. Yeah, it's, uh, but that's my point. Could be coconuts don't migrate, and that's why my accent was so bad as well. It was it was because uh, of the smoke. You needed to drink more water. <laughs> There's some smoke in the in the uh, in the in the studio right now. That's why I can't do it still. Uh, let's do some reflections and corrections on which episode. Uh, we got a couple. First to uh, Step Taylor, who uh, I think Hermes is like our officially like corporate like fuzzy and cuddly troll. Oh, okay. I think Step Taylor's like the savage one. Like the one who's. Uh, yeah. I says, late to this one about the big short. Like the film before, very well. Might love it after getting the inside scoop from Alex from Main Street Finance. Thank you, Georgia, for asking all the hard questions. And then not letting them enhance your rating whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it should no, the film should be able to explain it by I, itself. I should no, not need a financial that, expert. That interpretation is, is is my reading. He might legitimately go and thank you for asking all the hard questions, and then I'll let them enhance your rating whatsoever. He, he might be sincere, knowing step I as I do. I don't think it's so. probably, probably the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex cleared for takeoff, my dude. Um, very very Bill and Ted there, um, dude. We've got a show, a reflection That's on the correct charm from. Dwayne Smith. I don't think I can. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> oh, wow. Georgia just sounded like Ethan there. For, <laughs> somehow, even with the lag, it perfectly seemed up. I um, did do it. It was Liam. Oh, was it? That was me, yeah. Yeah, oh, that was Liam. Liam. That, that's less impressive. You should just let me stick it in and have it there. It would have been much better. I uh, said, so really enjoyed listening to you both. That's me and you, Liam. Talk about this and your thoughts and theories as to where it might go. Always fun when you know where it goes. Not spoil anything, but each dec- each series covers a decade. Oh. So there we go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we can figure out from there what's going on there. Uh, to I Hermes, really enjoyed that. To, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I've watched a couple more episodes. Um, I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Um, to Hermes, I, I reached out and said this directly. I went back and listened to the episode, mm-hmm. and I really liked the episode. The episode was a really, really fun listen. I'm also absolutely embarrassed by the volume. Oh. He's so he's so light, low. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. and so it was a bit of a up and down, up and down thing, and uh, we got lots of feedback, and people people uh, went through it, and thank you for that. I- I'm here to say that that will not happen again. 
I will stop. Generally, I try to get through this in one in one session. So I'm like, oh, okay, we're not gonna stop it. I don't have to worry about it. And then I listened to it and I went, nah, but we're, we are better than that. I've sort of placed my flag on being better than that. Yeah, yeah. So we will stop and we will make sure from now on in that it's uh, it's done appropriately. So I've told Hermes, you know, um. For some other thing, I want to invite them on, whether it's clear for takeoff, whether it's a um, uh, a seat or skip it, or whether it's just one of you guys calls and I owe Hermes one. Okay. It's basically what I've said. Okay. He was very gracious and said I don't owe him anything, and I'm like, I, uh, thank you, thank you very much. He's an absolute gentleman. He, um, he is a gentleman, but I owe, yeah. I owe him one, and I feel badly. Uh, it, it was a great, it was a great listen. It was a great episode. Uh, great I just episode. wish, I just wish it, it wasn't unlistenable. It wasn't unlistenable. It wasn't that. Yeah. But it was like clearly very different. Okay. So yeah, um, we know now anyway. Yeah, I've also been thinking about the film all week. I have, I have. It has not left my brain space in a way that a film hasn't done since Three Billboards. Yeah, it's got that space in my head right now, and I determined because we were talking a lot. And just one last thought I want to have on it about whether what the message and the meaning of the thing was, and was it that excellence at this cost is a good thing? Is that the message? And I've come with. That's not the message. The okay. message is that it that it is the right thing for them, and they might be the only two people in the universe who might get that. Okay, for them. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. For yeah. them, for Andrew, because he leaves the embrace, he hugs his father. So his father's that guy. Because yeah. all through the movie, it was kind of like, "Who's your, who's, who's your daddy?" Your <laughs> <laughs> I'm your father, right? <laughs> uh, you know, each one's kind of going. Um, Acknowledge, <laughs> but he hugs his father, and his father gets that spot. And then he walks back towards the guy who's got that other spot. And for him, this works. Because mm-hmm. for the next Charlie Parker, he would not be discouraged. Yeah. Now, it doesn't tell us, I think, that that's the right answer. But it says that for Andrew, it is. Okay. Just for the record, yep. it's, it's not the right answer. And it's not <laughs> worth it. But for them, in their universe, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great conversation. Um, oh, I do have to hit this button, though. There's a mistake somewhere. And it's not to you two for your reading of the film. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, it, it's to me. It's to me. Oh. Uh, Whiplash and Caravan were both actual songs oh. written by someone not named Justin Hurwitz. So that was, uh, thanks, Carlo. Carlo brought that out to my attention. Well, I kind of thought because yeah, the, minute I, such the, a big... the minute I said it, I was like, I'm probably wrong here. Yeah. I'm probably guilty of what I accuse Ethan of doing, <laughs> which is when I don't know something, I just try and fake my way through it. <laughs> That's 90% of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what the analysis is but sometimes there are facts and sometimes you need to make sure you go ahead and you take a hey look dude, before you I just never known say the blanket statement do as much homework as you oh bless you well that one got so, by me so you know. i'm owning that one um russell the post he says hey, that Russ. says yeah hey russ uh, he says that we are looking for the best film ever but for him that was one of our best episodes ever oh. loved how divisive it was it made for a more interesting listen Thanks, bye. Um, (laughs) Then we've got a message from... Hey, it's your sister! Who says, I've never seen this film. I mixed it up with another one. She mixed it up with Whip It. (laughs) I like that Whip It. Whip It's a good film. I like Whip It. I've never seen it. Uh, With uh, Ethan Page, at the time billed as Ellen Page. Um, Elliot Page. Oh, sorry, Elliot Page. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ethan Page is a pro wrestler. I always do this. <laughs> um, but um, um, about roller derby. Who it's else? Good film. Who else is in that? Kristen Wiig. Yeah, I haven't Kristen seen Wiig's it. in that. Really, really good. Um, so 
really enjoyed the discussion. Welcome back, Liam. Hashtag Team Liam. Oh, and thanks. took look forward to watching it. As a band geek myself, and my sister's got a quote here, which was like what we heard every time we warmed up in like in like not prime primary sounds way too young for it, but no, it wouldn't, because it would be like the equivalent of like of year nine. We were in like a concert. Like band a junior school. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this guy, his name was Mr. Patterson. And all he would ever do, because the, the, my sister played the French horn. The French horn's got, much like a trumpet or a trombone, it's got a mouthpiece by which how tight you purse your lips yep. when you buzz, uh, it'll give you different notes. Yep. And he just kept always shouting, French horn higher, French horn higher, which I guess was his version of not my tempo. <laughs> so that was my sister in that regard. Um, big shout out to my amazing Oliver. That would be my nephew, Oliver. Happy seventh birthday. Oh, so, birthday, yeah, he, this is, is this podcast? Yeah, it is, buddy. It happy sure birthday. Is. On the note of birthdays. In the mix up in the scheduling, I have a very big apology to make. Oh, who are we apologizing to? Reverend Bruce. Oh, Reverend Bruce. I'm so sorry. I mean, you don't want a little birthday song for me today, but it was last Friday. Oh, no. So I've missed it by like nine days. I'm really, really sorry. So we weren't rushing on that one. We We were dragging. I am so sorry, Reverend Bruce. I hope you don't feel like I did it on purpose. I really didn't. Um, Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, (laughs) RB. Yeah, happy birthday, dude. Um. Yeah. Um. And just uh, Binks is the cat in Hocus Pocus. Yes. I don't know what that means, but all right. Hocus Pocus. No, I know. I know what Hocus Pocus is, but were we talking about the cat? Yeah, because we were talking about black cats at some point, and I was, and you said no. We talking about the one, the Sabrina, and I was like, isn't it called Binks? I was like, no, that's not that one. That's called something else. All right. The sequel came out the other day. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, nothing good. Uh, yeah, it's generally. Makes, I was talking to my sister yesterday. She was yeah. uh, she was about fifteen minutes into it and was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it." You're <laughs> telling me the kind of okay movie that is yeah, mainly popular because of nostalgia yeah. had a kind of okay sequel. Like, uh, we, uh, I was the age when Hocus Pocus came out. So were yeah, you, right? Yeah. Like, Hocus Pocus was not like this big deal. I'm not being funny. Hocus Pocus wasn't a big, big movie no. at the time. It's been a cult thing as it's, it's a cult as thing. Time yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's never a big movie. It, it was just, it was just there. Flying. Yeah. It was th- yeah. Ethan speaking on his knowledge of being around in the nineties. Thanks. <laughs> no, but I'm, no, I'm saying like, I'm saying like my, oh, I even fine. made like a whole point Ethan. about sometimes I do what Ethan does, which is fake my way through things. And now Ethan's giving his take on 19, 90s pop culture in the moment in cambridge universities well, i can still say from what i hear from well, everyone you else yeah okay, you can but you've actually got two people who were there who no, can comment I'm on saying, it yeah because i'm agreeing with you <laughs> when i say yeah that's me going yeah i'm i'm listening i'm getting it <laughs> that's not often you get that oh, no. <laughs> liam, I, I didn't push that one for the record <laughs> liam talk about oasis and blur so ethan can then go yeah i hear from people that it was uh i know nothing chart. about them I'm not even hang on delivery. i need to sound clip that <laughs> ethan going i know nothing about that the gloves are off <laughs> <laughs> what were the two songs love you buddy did we not just have a conversation on last week's podcast about how i don't like conflict and how yeah. if i'm ill i'm more emotionally vulnerable well, there we go <laughs> can we not <laughs> let's move on we have a pat the dog uh <laughs> where are we at here um oh although my niece did tell me that um she asked about any superpowers i said yes and she went is it podcasting and i went what? 
I'm using that for a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasting is my superpower. I'm totally using that. So uh, there we are. My superpower is my hair. <laughs> We've got... Jeez. Uh, we got Carlo. Uh, Carlo, Carlo, lo, 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 lo. We've done that a while. Saying, damn, am I rushing or are you dragging? Because I won't keep wanting to get to the end game to hear your thoughts. It's really interesting to hear the intensity with which Liam and Georgia are reacting to this. Loving the discussion. One of the most interesting questions I think this film asked of us is, can we have a film where every character is an asshole? Uh, because I still think both Andrew and Fletcher are massive assholes. Yeah. But I still think it's a magnificently complex and compelling character study. The film doesn't spoon feed you how to feel, but rather throws all the complex dynamics at you and lets you wallow in it to try and figure out how you feel, who you think is right wrong, but more important, is anyone right or wrong? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Carla. Uh, Nate the Great says, the further I get in this episode, I'm starting to think Liam doesn't get Fletcher's character or villains. Loving the character, though, so far. I think you're right. Here's what I think. I was thinking about this very much. I was trying to go, what is it with Liam's reading of the film? So I was trying to imagine you. I had a terrible reading. Here's here's what I've determined you do. And I don't know if it's a a flaw. I don't know if it's not not a flaw. I just want to pitch it to you. Okay. Whatever movie it is, you have to position yourself as the protagonist. Yeah, you know. And that's something that happens. That's something that generally happens when you're a kid. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Wait. Oh, Oh, there he is. So, uh, it's what generally happens when you're a kid. So, like, when you go see Jurassic Park, it's like, wow, I wish I was at a park with dinosaurs. (laughs) But then you, in this case, you put yourself so firmly in Andrew's footsteps that you couldn't divorce yourself and do that bit where we're watching from the side. No, I couldn't. Because you are Andrew. So that that when he tackles him, you're like, yeah, get him, got him. But I think it's because... You 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 have that thing where you go. I am the protagonist. When you see Moulin Rouge, I bet you you are Christian. Yeah. When you are, um, I'm trying to think something else we've seen more recently. You probably weren't in the Big right. Short, but yeah. No, 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 no. No, you're right. I do. Yeah. I do. Whereas I think and I'm I'd more. Think, in, how would I react yeah, in those situations? And I, I don't think I do that. I don't think I do. And I think maybe that was part of it. Now it's not. But I was trying to figure out why was your reading this way, and so because you you so closely identified. Mm. with andrew you're then incapable of seeing the um the very nuanced ending yeah because yeah, to yeah, you yeah, yeah. you're going but i wouldn't do this now it's a conversation yeah, we can't yeah, go back yeah, to yeah, but it's yeah. not about you liam no, you're not a no, student at this no, university no i know i know so i was just thinking that but it was it was difficult for me to divorce myself from yeah. that because every time he came on the screen fletcher came on the screen i was just going asshole i just want to i just want to i just want to punch him <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Nate did continue what a great episode but man I've never been so frustrated listening to an episode before with Liam and Georgia <laughs> <laughs> then Carlo did the, then Carlo did the uh, the gif where Fletcher's slapping him when he's counting the four yeah. and going this felt like it was Ian to Liam <laughs> because <laughs> you kept rushing to the end and i was I like no my no. tempo <laughs> it's not time for that yet uh, let's rugby tackle <laughs> uh step taylor okay so had some thoughts on the big short now has some thoughts on whiplash mm-hmm. oh no i mean it's no encanto <laughs> it's nice to know he's not letting that go yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, team ian ethan hermes on this one will never get not separating one's personal moral clock from engaging with fascinatingly problematic characters don't want to have a glass of wine with hannibal lecter he might eat me but the dude is still enthralling yes he is yeah yeah, yeah. but i divorced myself from that because i haven't met a serial killer okay but, but you've met, met- assholes <laughs> I'm go, like teachers i've met teachers 
<laughs> so it's your it's your thesis that Hannibal Lecter is not an asshole. No. Okay, just checking. He's, he's just a hungry motherfucker. So, <laughs> Sorry. And Julene ends up a much more positive end note, which says BFE did a fantastic job. Great show, guys. Thanks a lot, Thank Julene. You. Thank hey. you. So, uh, time for some general shout outs. Oh, there's shout out to the country of Malaysia. Oh, yeah. Okay. We did very well in Malaysia this week, so oh, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd mention that up. So, yeah, Malaysia. Thank you very much. I miss that. I know we go on a bit, but I miss it. I miss that movie chart. Yeah. It's just the same, like, eight countries with, like, a little bit of difference on a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just mention the countries we don't normally chart. Yeah, yeah that's kind yeah. of what I'm... That's why I brought Malaysia yeah, yeah, up today. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Maybe at the end of the month, I'll look at the top five. I'll tell you where we had a great month so far. Yeah, South Korea. Really? Yeah. Wow. South Korea is our, like, number three or number four most downloaded country of, of the month. Like, ahead of Canada. Wow. We're doing, we're doing more business in, in South Korea. Thank you, South yeah. Korea. Like, oh, and I should mention this. Here's a big shout-out to everybody, because we passed today 70,000 downloads. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that yeah. last week. We passed it today. Wow. So, yeah. Where was we predicted? Huh? Where was we predicted? Are we anywhere? We're a little... uh, We're dragging a bit. (laughs) If we're rushing, if we're dragging, we're dragging a bit. But also, I mean, October's not going to help because we're we're in a much reduced schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, currently predicts uh, the big 100K, uh, July. So a little behind. Are we doing anything for that? What, the 100K? Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet. We'll figure it out. Yeah. There we go. Cool. I don't know. Um, general shout outs uh, Car- oh, Carlo we already talked about Carlo but thank you for all the love buddy thank uh, you yeah. Ryan who I, I'm not sure if Ryan's messaged a whole lot uh, he was waiting for our whiplash review he said so I hope we lived up to it so I've been waiting so long for you guys to cover this I'm like cool wow thanks thanks for sharing uh, nice. Tattoo Squid I got the name right this time Tattoo Squid <laughs> podcast for the love Chuck and Rough go to the movies for hey. the love I love me some Chuck and Rough um, it sounds like, a, like it's it starts off really nice with Chuck, and then the rough sounds like it's like a uh... really weird surf and turf. Yeah, <laughs> I was going a little bit different with that, but all oh, right. I was just trying to make it a bit PG. I'm just the innuendo. Sit there. <laughs> I love uh, how you think differently. <laughs> Latin jukebox for the love. Bigger movie pod. They're great for the love. Uh, Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die. Happiest guy in podcasting. Yeah. I got to find a way to get him on more or do something with him. Always smiling. Uh, always smiling. I, I think I'm a fairly positive guy behind the mic, but dude's like. Yeah. Dude's like every day is Christmas. Yeah, he's yeah. so cool. lovely. He's a lovely yeah. guy. And he joined me in taking the piss out of Liam when we did the draft. And the so. worst part is like, like he's there and Stu's there and Stu's a really positive guy too. Yeah, but yeah. like not when you're sitting beside Kev. <laughs> it's like, what's the competition here? So was it for the love? Uh, the Scuttlebutt pod. That's where Hermes, you can find all his great content on mm-hmm. there for the love. And then really quickly, the gift of the week was drum, drum, Macbeth.com. Uh, we've got... Uh, entries from josh Dwayne smith chris peterson uh ian davies russell the postie cheesy with a fish on a bike andy dixon carlo and julene um where am i gonna go with this mm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna have hmm. a look at them you mean you're not honorable mention to carlo who did a neil pert gif and i love me some rush so i love neil pert which one's that He's the drummer from Rush. <laughs> oh. What was I thinking in the film, Rush? <laughs> I was oh, no, the the film speed yeah, for yeah, yeah. some reason. He might just be the best drummer of all time. Um, most, most Canadians would, would lend that degree. I said he might be the greatest drummer, and Carlo was like, what do you mean might? It was like a picture like people like, th- he wanted to shot a, a Fletcher throwing a cymbal, but uh, he feels very passionately towards that. What about the drummer of um, um, uh, that Dutch band back in, oh, Radar Love? Um, oh, Golden geez. Earring. I don't know. Oh, man. My short list is Neil Pert, Keith Moon, and you're going to have a hard time finding someone else to add to the list. Tommy Lee. 
as a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Tommy didn't play drums, did he? Tommy Lee, yeah, in um, Motley Crue. Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was a. He was a drummer. Was he a drummer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. I learned something new today. He's the one who wore a drum upside down in a cage. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Um, who? Uh, so uh, that's. Uh, I'm going to go third place to Cheesy with a fish on a bike. Who did Rachel Green doing tequila? If the gift had said tequila, it might have finished higher. Oh. But it was just her looking really happy after she finishes. Silver medal to Chris Peterson, who had Michael Scott from The Office after I he comes back from uh, Jamaica. <laughs> and is feeling hot, hot, hot. And he's playing the, the steel, steel drums drum. in The Office. But my gold, and at first I overlooked it, and I, then I couldn't stop looking at the gif. It's Julene who did a, a gif of Barney Rubble playing the drums on the Flintstones. <laughs> and he just looks so happy to be drumming. So and I'm going to go. And the symbol is a turtle. Yeah, it's, oh. it, is, it, is, it is the nicest thing. So there we go. <laughs> he is happy, isn't he? Um, I think Josh and Dwayne Smith did the same thing. So there you go, boys. That's why you didn't qualify. Uh, fantasy football. Again, I was the only person to pick up a win last week in the BFE. So acknowledge me. That's right. Uh, you know, you guys are 10th and 11th and 12th in a 12 team league. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder who's 12. You guys are shocking. I'll tell you what else was shocking. After Ethan dropped Chris Godwin. Yeah. Live on air. And I, I went and we vocalized it. And I went. We did. I'm gonna go ahead and put a claim in. Well, but I would have done. I was tenth. I was tenth in the, which means if anybody else in the league puts in a claim, I can't get him. You have no idea how surprised I was to wake up on Wednesday and find that I got Chris Godwin. I didn't know who to drop to pick him up, so that's, I didn't. That, that's the. So I didn't. That's the plan. That's the thing. That's the opportunity cost, right? I can yeah. pick him up, but then who do I drop for that? Also, just I know we don't live the thing because a lot of my teams are playing at the moment, but Austin Eckler currently. Guess what he's guess what we scored? What what, what we scoring at the moment with Zero. Eckler? No, minus point three. Oh, he's lost three yards, okay. <laughs> Do you know what though, right? I keep I I have I drop so many people, pick up so many people, I don't know whether I'm coming or going anymore. Well yeah. You know what I mean, I'm trying to get a better team, but every time I think I've got a better team, I go and bloody lose. Well, I'm not looking right now. I'll tell you who's oh, did I tell you who's against who this week? Um no, I'm against... I didn't look at who's against who. I'm against Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die after beating Alex from Main Street Finance. Yeah. So... Acknowledge me. That's Alex who won season one. So I feel pretty good about that. I'm, I'm playing Nate Dwayne. the Great. He, Liam's playing Nate the Great. Uh, who else is playing who else? Georgia, do you know? I'm against Dwayne. You're against Dwayne Ethan Smith. Is currently dropping a load of people. So yeah, I'm dropping my... Ze- I've been slowly dropping all my zeros this week. Um... <laughs> I but, to, no. Just tell everybody out there, we're recording currently at 6.30 British time. Eastern, They're on my bench. They're which on my means bench. That fine. The games have kicked off for over half an hour at this point when Ethan's yeah. making his changes. I was oh, no. They're on my bench zeros. Yeah, yeah, but, Alex remains but it means the fighters. people who you're picking up, are there, you have a limited pool to pick from because two-thirds oh, of a league aren't available to you right now. What? Oh, no. This is this is for my for my next week. Don't, don't worry. Uh, right. I'm, I'm pretending I have a system. Yes, but I'm still saying that you can't pick anybody who's currently yeah. on the field. You're blocked from picking up, even for next week. It has to go through waivers. So you, mm. you're only taking from 30% of the available pool. Whereas if you'd done it at any point before that today, you could have had 100% of the pool to pick from. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I don't think you my, do. My, I'm my, just my trying to help you. My pool is for next week. Like I'm, I'm trying to get back into it. Liam? How come some are red and some are green? If they're over or underachieving relative to the prediction that was made before the game started. Exactly what I just said. If they're over or underperforming relative to the prediction... The green or the red number is how much they currently predict now they will finish with this week. Now. Okay. Yeah, it, it updates. Every time there's a change, it updates live in real time. Oh, okay. 
And if it's green, it means now we're predicting higher than we predicted earlier in the week. And if it's red, it's now we're predicting lower than we predicted earlier in the week. I'm going to predict I'm going to win this week. Well, what's your current percentage? Uh, 44. <laughs> Wait, are you playing Dwayne Smith? No, I'm no, playing Nate the Great. Oh, Nate the Great. Okay, he's on. I'm only on 53 now. I was at like 63, and because Austin a, Eckler's being shit. Well, at least I mean, Alvin Kamara decided. Oh, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. He gets to London, and he goes. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> I can't play. I'm like, what? I've got, Ooh, you whore. I've been, I, I would have picked up a backup running back if I had any idea that he would have been. So yeah, it's hey, not man, been a fun there's day. no good running backs out there right now. There isn't. I'm there not, really I'm isn't. Wave bench, no. So I think I am like fourth in the league right now. So yeah. I feel pretty good. But there are three three and zero teams, and one of them is Kevin, who I'm playing this week. So I'm last. hoping I'm going to knock that guy off. Well, you, I think you're, I, no, I think you're I think second last. Me, yeah. yeah. I'm doing really Oh, is it shit. Liam, Georgia, Ethan? Is that the bottom so. three? Oh, right. really? Yeah. yeah. My projected mm. is... I've already, I literally said that already, that you three are the yeah, bottom I know, three. No, I thought I no, was... No, you've scored more you. points than I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. My projected is 110, but then, but then Alex's is 140. Yeah, 110 is not a good, not, not, not really a good no, total. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, sometimes <laughs> you get lucky and you'll score 110 and you'll score like 95, but you never know. Yeah. All right, uh, Royal Roundtable, if you're out there, once we get past October, we're going to go ahead and look at doing a Royal Roundtable. Uh, so get your top five movies that have anything to do with the monarchy. Hashtag BFE top five. Get a hold of us. We're going to get a few lists in, but add to it. Get your voice heard. Uh, that's hashtag BFE top five on oh, the I Twitter. Can. Arthur the round table. You can get a hold of us <laughs> at best film ever pod on the Twitter. So. You can indeed. Uh, why not leave us a review? Apple or Spotify. I hear five is a magic number. Five is the magic number. Great. We are now going to switch gears to our deep dive of, of mice and men. Why are mm. we doing this 30 year anniversary? Wow. That blows my mind. I don't remember this when it came out. Um, I do. I was going to say, Ethan probably yeah. has memory. Yeah, I was, in the, I was ready in the cinema. I had notes. I was, get, oh, I was so ready. Well done. You did anticipate my joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he, I'm convinced Ethan might be Quantum Leap. But rather than like <laughs> using his powers to stop anything from happening, he just checked out pop culture. As Ethan's yeah. in the quantum <laughs> what movie? What, what, what movie can I go watch live? I'm like one of those aliens. This like, is, I can't intervene. What is it? The, the Eternals. We can't intervene. We just yeah. witness shit. This is why you were able to think how magical it was when yeah. uh, Harry Potter came to life. And you're like, oh, I know I'm four, <laughs> but, but like, this what? is huge. You know what? As Ethan stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished, he f- woke up and found himself trapped in the podcast. There we are. There we are. Instead of the past. <laughs> there we are. Um, I was in my head and I was like, I've got to get out, I've got to get out. <laughs> and I was stumbling over my words. I apologize. Um, so, um, this is, I mean, this is a quintessential... Uh, GCSE movie. In, in, in the UK, <laughs> up, until, up until about six, seven years ago, uh, of Mice and Men was on the final exam that pretty much everybody, and everybody, you can choose your text, but like everybody did of Mice and Men. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's part of everybody's high school experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized I had a colleague tell me that they actually went to school post the the changes. Oh, okay. I have never felt so old in my life. Wow. When someone said, oh, yeah, we weren't, we weren't able to. I said, of course you were. She, she went, no, this was after the changes. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> so you've done that. You've done A-levels. You've done uni. And now you're starting your teaching career. And I'm like, oh, I remember when they made those changes. It seemed... Not that far, not that long ago. So I go. think I might have been one of the last years to do that. You then. would have been the last year to do yeah. it, I think. Were you a star to you? Was that still you? Mm, yeah, I was 2016. So so if you were like nine to one, then you wouldn't have been that. 
Those numbers make no sense to me. No, I, 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 higher, is, higher is better. Nine is great. One yeah. is poor. There we go. No, Fixed it for you. Ethan was. I, I was less. Letters. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so you would have been the the mice and men year group. So um, yeah, it's something that I used to teach, and I used to teach well. I used to teach very well. Um, it was one of a couple of things you could sort of. Uh, it was one of two papers. There was one paper that strayed towards, it was Inspector Calls, which is a play we do over here, mm-hmm. and Of Mice and Men. That was one exam. And then the other exam was Poetry and Shakespeare, I want to say. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. And um, <laughs> I remember I had this like really high-ability group, and I was like, I need, to, I need to get my ducks in a row here. And uh, I remember results day because you don't know you don't know and, and these get marked by people who aren't us they get sent off to mm-hmm. so i'm trying to clean this for people who might teach in canada or somewhere else and they go well you just mark the papers yourself no i don't and i need to explain that for how this next thing's coming up because the year that i taught this this thing for the first time it set a record for the school for the most a stars which is a plus in the, in the u.s mm-hmm. that any class had ever gotten and it, it was never beaten <laughs> Uh, but at the time, they didn't really rate English literature. They wanted the kids to do own English language. So they kind of went, yeah, but your English language didn't really get any A stars in it. And I was like, I got, wow. but I got like eight out of 30 kids got like the top mark you can get. And the wow. average, the average mark on the above mice and men exam was an A star. Wow. The average, average kid got an A star. That's amazing. Yeah. And once again, I didn't mark these. These go to independent people who do not know that it's mine versus anybody else's. So I'm like, I knew how to do this. So I wept when they took it off of the syllabus because I knew this like the back of my head. Wow. And it's amazing how quickly you forget because watching the film today, because since then, like we still teach it. We teach it lo- earlier on, but I don't teach those year groups because I tend to be on the exam classes pr- primarily. So like, you know, I don't teach an eight or nine. So I haven't taught of mice and men in six, seven years. To be fair. I mean, this is, I, I don't remember because the last time I watched this and read this was at school. So that was all of about three years ago. Um, so <laughs> I don't remember that much about it. But I do remember having a big impact on me because of the ending and because of um, the the trials and tribulations that he had to go through to to do this. And that, that stuck with me as a kid. And I remember thinking, because they made us watch the film, and that couldn't have been that far. This was 92. Yep. And we'd have been about 95, 96. So that would have been relatively new, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I didn't, keep mind, I didn't do it. So, yeah. You know, I did. Yeah, I did. So, so my so, Man was a bit of a blind I remember, spot. I remember seeing, I remember watching the movie. Because we so, did, where I was from, we, we did Steinbeck, but we didn't do this for some reason. We did The Pearl, and The Pearl sucks. Mm. The Pearl really sucks. Same no, theme, same theme as always. Yeah. The system's rigged. <laughs> the American dream's impossible. It's, it's the same theory. But uh, I remember even when we were doing the Amdram stuff, um, if there ever be like a break where people were doing stuff, I'd be like, "Gather out! I'll, I'll give you some. <laughs> I'll give you some free pointers on the literature exam. Let me tell you about because everyone does of mice and men, and everyone does an inspector calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I used to give away like like. All right, let's get some free. Let's get some free tips because I'm bored. Where were you when I was at school? Jeez, uh, Canada. <laughs> I don't know if it's come up before. Hello. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and pro- st- still in still. I mean, sixteen. I mean, in Canada, you're not really, you're not really towards the end of your high school experience. You got a couple more years. Yeah. Well, here you are, aren't you? Yeah. Well, not anymore, are you? Here? Huh? Here, can you leave at sixteen? Still here? Well, not unless you go, you got to, co- you still go to college or a sixth form or apprenticeship or a very small, small, small group does work. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So that was a very big percentage went to work when I was at school. No, you have... You, no. You are supposed to be... Education until 18. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially okay. with the need to get your, your pass in English and math. When did country. that become kind of compulsory? I don't know, because I was here when it happened. Oh, okay. What, uh, the switch over here? Yeah. My sister's year group was the last that could go... That could finish. They could finish at 17. So they could only have to do one year. So that's... 2013-ish. Oh, okay. They could only have to do one year of A-level, then the year after had to do both years. So oh. it's been a while. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, the film. Directed and produced by Gary Sinise. That blew my mind. Ready for this? This is the last thing he ever directed. First huh. and last? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. So he's very passionate about it then. Yep. Um, he obviously did it in high school. Cinematography <laughs> by Kenneth McMillan. Uh, who did King Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> Two very That's different movies. Different film. Yeah. Uh, music yeah. by Mark Isham, who'd previously done, amongst other things, Point Break. Cool. Cool World. Wow. Remember Cool World? That was... Um, it's like half animated, half not. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Varsity Blues. Yes, Varsity Blues. Good movie. That is a good James movie. James Vanderbeek, right? Yeah, James yeah, Vanderbeek, yeah. yeah. Good movie. Crash. Oh. Which one, Best Picture? I like yeah, Crash. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we saw it. We hated it. Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, God, that was shite. <laughs> Which is now available on Amazon Prime yeah, in this country anyway. don't watch it, people. So, uh, <laughs> You'll be disappointed. First time I saw this, I'm guessing for most of you, it was in school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. read the book first and then watched it. I was sharing this with my sister last night. Uh, I, I caught up with her in a, a conversation. And I remember, I don't know what she was doing, but I used to, uh, around 10.30, 11 o'clock, probably closer to 10.30, I'd, I'd sort of come down the stairs. And uh, everybody else would pretty much be in bed. Mum mom, mom wouldn't be. And we'd watch usually like Letterman. I'd watch the end of the news. Mm-hmm. And then we'd watch like David Letterman, who's like, um, he's a big late night talk show guy. Jimmy Fallon before Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, you get yeah, the yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but one, one night, I think she was watching the start of a movie and it was it was this. And I usually, I'd always get down there with a cup of tea and two slices of toast with peanut butter and jam. That was kind of like my, my, my nighttime ritual. And we just sort of check out whatever it was. And usually I'd watch Letterman for the first 30 minutes till his monologue was over. And then I'd, I'd head off to bed. Uh, but I stuck with it this time. And because uh, it was a movie. And I was like, what is this? And I probably could have been more than five, 10 minutes in. And just stuck with it and watched the whole thing. And went, wow, kind of made an impact on me. No idea it was a book. No, no idea. I'd, I'd teach it later on in life. Just kind of went, oh, I like that. No just, idea that Gary Sinise had directed, starred, written, produced. Uh, co-star, yeah, stunt coordinator. Sure, <laughs> that he done everything. <laughs> he did the cater. He cooked the meals for the captain crew. <laughs> but isn't that amazing though? Played horseshoes. No, but don't don't you think? Right, this is such a yep. great movie. And right? it's, bef- it's before we think of Gary Sinise as having that stroke. Yeah, he's not Lieutenant Dan for another two no, years. No, right. Yeah. But isn't that weird that he do something so iconic as this, and then do nothing else? Knew I recognized him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, did you not recognize that he was Lieutenant Day? And- <laughs> you got new legs. Yeah, you got magic legs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we start off with Metro Goldwyn Meyer presents, and uh, there's Gary Sinise on a train staring into the dark. And we cut to a woman in a red dress, and it's been torn, and she's running. And so are two men, but they're running, it seems, in different directions. And then we get some dogs and some horses running. And the little man's insistent the big man keeps running until they get to an irrigation stream, ditch, river, whatever, and hide in the long grass. And we see through their perspective the people who are chasing them. They come over and we see them take off. I have one thing. Yep. Why would you hide on the opposite side 
in the bushes so you can see them because more than likely they'd probably see you. Why did you not? No, because they're coming over them? past you. So actually, I see what you're saying, but I guess for the movie, we need to be in their shoes because really yeah, the plan yeah. is there quickly. But because I'm on the near side facing the far side, they're naturally going to jump over and land in the water and you're not going to think to look back the way you've come. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're on that side. If they were on the far side looking towards you, you might actually see them from from when you're approaching. Yeah, but that's where they were. No, no, they were they were on they were on the, on the near side. So why were they watching them? So if if the uh, so if, if your phone here, yeah, is the ditch, they're on this. So I'm, we're coming from this direction here. Sorry, guys, you can't. You can't just, <laughs> no, they were this side because they were watching. Well, they, they were yeah, totally they were this side, them. facing this way. No, they, no, were, watching, they were watching. They were watching them, them on that side because they hadn't. The horses hadn't crossed the stream. No, had they not? No. no. I don't know, all right. But I just thought that's a bit odd. You'd, have, right. you'd have had your back to them. Don't know. Yeah. It was my way of just getting your phone and throwing it across. No, that was all set up. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. <laughs> all right, Fletcher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were throwing back some classic Limp Biscuit. <laughs> My way or the highway. At which point Ethan go, oh man, I love that song of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) WrestleMania 17. Austin versus The Rock. so many words that I wish I could understand. (laughs) Um, And so uh, we then see them hop onto a moving train and we have the beginning to our movie. Now we're on the train. He's looking out at it, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. The lady in red who was not dancing with Lenny (laughs) is... Moira Sinise, the wife of director star Gary Sinise. Wow. <laughs> and we saw actually in the credits that it looked like a relative of him must have done the editing. Yes. Because it was another Sinise. It must have been a I mean, a, a The family must be, must be very involved in filmmaking or acting on like a it just, generational level. It just seems odd that they're, they're so involved in this movie and it's such a good movie. Why did they not do anything else? It does seem weird that he, he does this and goes, that's my shot. Yeah. Done it. You know, because look at Clint Eastwood. He does a play Misty for me, and then he goes on to do other things. Sure. And then you think, wow. So let's talk about George, played by Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise, yeah. First experience he had with Steinbeck's work came when he attended Highland Park High School. His drama class went to Guthrie Theater and observed three plays in two days, one being of Mice and Men. After viewing the play, he, direct quote, stood up and applauded and, quote, was trying to scream some sort of acknowledgement of my feelings, but I was so choked up, nothing came out except tears. He credits the play with, quote, introducing him to literature. Huh. I have a similar experience, but not with Of Mice and Men. Mm-hmm. I think I've shared this, but you want to have a guess? Um, I want to say Inspector Cools. I didn't, I didn't teach Inspector Calls till I was no. like 30 something. <laughs> I don't think I was on the curriculum. 12th night. It's 12th night. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. Mum, mum, we, we had the option to go to go see 12th night. Mum was like, yeah, it'll be good for you. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a day off school. It's fun. <laughs> we go to McDonald's. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just trying to get a day off. And I went and I saw 12th night and I'm like, changed my life. I'm probably not an English teacher if I don't go see 12th night. Wow. 100%. 100%. Wow. Yeah. It was your sliding doors moment. Yeah, it was my uh, Hey, of, of Mice and Men moment for Mr. Sinise. Yeah, but you're, you're my um, of Mice and Men moment with Twelfth Night 2. Yeah, I was talking about you the other day, actually. You know, and that's weird, isn't yeah, it? Some Shakespeare. When I told um, Sir Ian McClellan himself... Yes, I he did. no interest in Shakespeare. 
and had no idea what What was his reaction when you said I have no interest in so Liam goes to see Ian McKellen was doing a speaking tour it comes by King's Lynn we are in the middle of rehearsals for Twelfth Night or we haven't started yet or something no I think we're in the middle of it we haven't performed yet we haven't performed no so you go up to Ian McKellen and tell him that you had no interest in Shakespeare and bear in mind that Shakespeare himself had theoretically performed on that stage yeah uh, yeah uh, where we were going to perform um, yeah, but I know, but I was just trying to understand, because so many people come up to him and go, oh, Shakespeare's amazing, and, and I just wanted him to understand. Yeah. I didn't understand it, but I love his performance of stuff, All right. and what he does, and how he brought, because he'd done a lot of Shakespeare on the stage. Sure. Like, little, he even done Juliet, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, and, and I was just sort of, I came out a little bit wrong. Ethan's chair is empty. I wonder if he's jumped into the 199. Oh, no, he's back. <laughs> he's back in the quantum leap accelerator. How was Limp Bizkit? Was it good? <laughs> oh, it was so good. I went back to the 90s and I saw this film again. <laughs> I spoiled it, it for the audience. <laughs> 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 hey, I my <laughs> Sorry, you were saying I didn't know. He was in there. And I was, just, I was just, you know me, I'm not very good with my words. So they came out a little bit wrong. And that's not what I meant to say. But what I meant to say was, I still enjoy his performance, even though I have no interest in Shakespeare. Not just go, hiya, I don't like Shakespeare. <laughs> you know, but he was good about it. He was gracious. And he All said, right. and I said, we're now rehearsing for Twelfth Night. And he said, well, he said that was, uh, it was his favourite Shakespeare that he loved performing, even though he'd done all of them. And he said that was his first Shakespeare he did. So maybe because his first, that's what made him... Maybe. And look at me now. I mean, I, I talk about Shakespeare all the time. But you, you actually did speak, though, the other day about like being up for doing another one. I did. And I was like, wow. I would never have said that <laughs> no. four years ago. Only person who ever tried to talk me out of casting. <laughs> <laughs> Even halfway through the rehearsals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not getting it. It's okay if you need to. I'm like, no, we're good. <laughs> and then I'd storm off. <laughs> you would. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, um, also, let's meet Lenny. Lenny played by John Malkovich. Yeah, John I Malkovich. love John Malkovich. I hate John Malkovich. George, I don't, know, I don't know how to tell you what else George Mal- John Malkovich has been in. I'm trying to think of something that you would have seen. Don't know. Are you red. taking the piss? No, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't red. know. <laughs> what about Red with Helen Mirren? She wouldn't have seen Red. No. no. I don't even know who Helen Mirren is. Do you know Space Force? Ethan, do you know why? Oh, hang on. I don't like did John Malkovich. Did you see Space Force, the, the sitcom on Netflix with Steve Carell in it? No. Oh, okay. That's a shame. I, I, that was a good shout. That was probably a pretty close that was the possibility. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else you might know him from. You want to have seen Dangerous Liaisons. Um... I'm having a look at his movie. Yeah, you take a look at his movie list, but I don't. I think you're gonna come up dry. So, um, Johnny English, I've seen that. Okay, is he in that? I guess apparently he's apparently he's in the Man with the Iron Mask as well. I've seen that. Oh, he's the Man with the Iron Mask. Yes, yes, yes. Penguins of Madagascar. I mean, okay. (laughs) Um, so I had no idea that Malkovich was this big. No, he's not. He can't is be. this before or uh, this is before being John Malkovich? <clears throat> no, no, by big I mean like a big human being. Oh, I thought you meant popular, yeah. sorry. Like this can't be CGI. It's ninety-two. Like they filmed them like, is everybody else just purposely cast to be tiny? Like I know I know Sinise isn't a big man, yeah, but maybe he's just smaller. But uh, maybe it's just why they filmed it. I don't know. But they might have padded them out, but I think I think I think height is height. Yeah. I I'm gonna check. Uh, ironically, sad. Lenny's last name is small. Yeah. So there we are. Um, he is six foot one. 
Okay, so they have done something because that's he, he appears a lot bigger from six one in this. Maybe it's like when they do Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, maybe. Or maybe they just cast a bunch of small actors. Or they put just shoes on his feet. Maybe. <laughs> um, Platforms. So go to sleep, Lenny. He, says, he goes, I am. I'm, 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 I'm sleeping, George. And I'll tell you, he's so, A, his performance is fantastic. Yeah. And B, it's like he really gets across the idea of it. He's like a child. Like there's a significant developmental um, delays, not even the right word, but uh, yeah, Gary disability Sinise in this. Is only five, eight. Yeah. And this would have been two years after Rain Man, right? 92? Rain Man's 88, I want to say. I thought it was 1990. Oh, hang on. You might be right there. Rayman might be 90s. But what's the what's the significance of that? Is he in that? Well, no, because everyone always, whenever they do a part like this, oh, they, Os- all Oscar go back, they always go back to, to Rayman, don't they? Yeah. Rayman's 88. I think he's really good in this. <clears throat> I think he's really good in this. Um, and so you can see the Still weight like of the burden on Sinise's face. You can, yeah. As he's like, I'm just trying to k- take care and to carry us through to the next thing. And they're on a bus to Soledad. The Greyhound driver says he doesn't go as far as the ranch. Lenny can't remember where they're going, which is, I mean, Lenny's memory issues are great for exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because then as George explains it back to Lenny, we get all the information. We get everything, yeah. Uh, but Lenny remembers rabbits. And he's got something in his pocket, and it's a mouse. And it's a mouse that he's killed. A dead mouse. And it's not for a long while. And it's not fresh. Nope. No. Hello, fresh, not this. <laughs> they would give you a fresh dead mouse in your box. If it was, <laughs> the Hello, fresh is no way endorses the comment I'm making. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris just signed up with him as a uh, spokesman. Lots yeah, people, people making fun of him. Yeah, I don't know why. It's him and his husband, but like yeah. like 96% of the like the screen time goes to Neil Patrick Harris. There's like yeah. one shot of his husband. What's his husband's imagine. name? I can't remember. David, David Burke. I like him. I really like David He was Burke He had a recurring well. role on How Much Your Mother. Yeah, he was really lovely. He was the uh, he was Lily's ex boyfriend, Scooter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the scenes when like Barney like like meets him and like abuses him, it's a little bit funnier when you know that they're actually in a relationship. Uh, just like uh, Lily's real life husband in How Much Your Mother played news news anchor Sandy Powers. <laughs> so there you go. There's another one. Um, so he finally says, are you going to give, this is George, are you going to give me that mouse or am I going to have to sock you? Yeah. And Lenny gives it up and then goes and cries. And like, George is so much smaller. Like, Lenny could kill him. Yeah, he could. And yeah. he knows that though. Who knows that? George? George knows that. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure Lenny knows that. No, 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 no. Lenny yeah. doesn't, but George does. Sure. Uh, he's forgotten his Aunt Clara. Um, so we get some backstory here. Says, don't remember her? She always gave you mice and you always killed them by petting them too hard. And so Lenny then promises George he's going to have a puppy at some point because they'll stand up to the, the petting a bit the easier. Pen, yeah. Then the Greyhound comes by. It shows that they did go that far. And uh, <laughs> it's that cute thing when you basically teach, you know, when, when like an infant says like a swear word for the first time because <laughs> you get uh, Lenny going, son of a bitch, to the bus. <laughs> it's quite funny. And um, then they stop for some dinner and uh, they got beans and Lenny wants ketchup. Is he talking about like baked beans? Yeah, tin of beans, baked beans, tin of baked beans. Yeah, I think so. I uh, I think they do. It can looked just like beans. Didn't like didn't look like it had like the sauce with it, which I think is why he's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Um, so basically, like a tin of baked beans from Tesco, then. Yeah, yeah. Tesco yeah. brand. Mm. Yeah. With no sauce. It's supposed to have sauce, but the, <laughs> once you heat it up, it's gone. Clearly not. It's just war. Um, <laughs> like you look at it and you go, it looks like there's some orange stuff on this in the can. <laughs> now, but it's the thing, it's just a whole lot of white bean in my, with like, it's a glaze. It's got no flavor. Um, I know what baked beans are supposed to taste like. It's not this. This tastes like chickpeas. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, Lenny gets mad at them and goes, whatever we don't got, that's what you want. And now Lenny does that overcorrection thing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, goes, I don't want them. I, I wouldn't eat no ketchup. I, I'd eat it all for you, and then you could cover your beans. I wouldn't touch it. You'd make great, Lenny. I would. I was thinking this today. I yeah. was going, I mean, because it, 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 is, it is a play. I've thought about putting it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like... The the part, I mean, George is the lead, but Lenny's the part which you get to, like, do... Lenny's the part you stretch your legs in. <sighs> Lenny's the... Lenny's... Lenny's the, the character role. Yeah, 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 yeah. George is the straight man. George he's straight he, man, he's yeah. a t- typical leading man. And, you know, there's a skill in that. There's a skill in being a leading man. Uh, but no, this well, would be... thank you. If, <laughs> if, I've, ne- if George, I've never been one. If, if oh, hang Lenny on, I wasn't shooting us. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying? If, if Lenny isn't good enough, like, in the play, it kind of can make or break that final that final confrontation because lenny's like an innocent judd fry yeah take take all the judd fry energy and sort of simplicity but then make it so he's just like the most well-meaning guy in the world but just Mm. can't contain himself Mm. yeah so i'd be up for it i'd be up for that there we go (laughs) threatened to sock me um there's half the casting game now, but we'll keep going to the end. <laughs> uh, so then, you know, George goes, I think the swell time I could have without you. I go nuts. I'm really trying not to go all English teacher on this one because it's full of great stuff. Um, Please do. But, you know, I could stay in a cat house all night. And this is the part where if we were in my class, I'd say, let's all write down the term modal verb, modal <laughs> verb, because a modal verb is just power of possibility. So okay. I could, so I could go to the bathroom. I would go to the bathroom. I might go to the bathroom. I am going to go to the bathroom, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. All these things suggest either who's got the power. If you say, can I go to the bathroom? That was just, I've got the power. Yeah. Right. If you suggest I am going to the bathroom, it says you have the power. Mm-hmm. Not only that, also suggests it's a certainty. You are going to go up and go to the bathroom versus yep. I might go to the bathroom suggests, well, it's, you know, who knows? Yeah, no, no. And so he's talking with this hypothetical. If without you, I could. The option of a different life. Do you know what really, really hit home in this this time round? What's that? Is the fact they mentioned this thing about um, all the others are alone. We're not. We're together. And that, that that's and the counterpoint to this. Yeah. 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 And and even on George's side, yep. Lenny is his uh, leaning post. He's he's the he's the. Um, He's what keep him going during the day. He's he gives him purpose. Yeah, he's 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 a calibration point. He's yeah, zero yeah, zero yeah. zero zero. Wherever wherever Lenny is, that's the center of my universe, and from there everything else can make sense because it gets filtered through this. But without Lenny, he would be lost. Yeah, I mean, when I got divorced, a big struggle for me was you know when good news happened, I went, who do I tell this to? Yeah. When bad news happened, I went, who do I tell this to? Yeah, been that because been that. I had I've lost my zero 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 zero. Yeah. More than anything else, it was like who's that person now where real th- things aren't real until you tell them to this person? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. So there, 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 there was that. Mm. And so for him, this is Lenny. Yeah. That's Pippin for me. Is it? <laughs> he goes, I could. Sando. Pips. Just 
sound asleep. <laughs> yeah. Pip's got me going through a bit of a barking thing, so I bought a spray bottle for Pip today. And he's already learned that he doesn't like it. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> that's that's what you want when you're training, isn't it? Yeah, but like, literally you sprayed him with it twice, and then he, he like went to pick it up, and he backed away. He gets it. Oh, bless him. Well, it's just something from, from like barking, because he's developed, he's a bit more talkative. He is, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just My looking at his not range, do that. his range as well. Like he now doesn't just bark; he'll go, oh. <laughs> he'll do little. And if you tell him off for barking, he'll then go, oh. Yeah, he'll do like <laughs> he'll do like one like, thing. He's like when you tell a kid off, you turn your background, they'll they'll do it one more time, and you're like, who did that? <laughs> Except for he's by himself and doesn't realize that, so it's all <laughs> I'm him. The only one that barks. I'm the only dog. I think he thinks you can't tell which one of us it was. <laughs> one thing I've noticed with Pip: when you say no, he does this thing with his paw where he goes, oh, go on. Oh, that's, that's what that is please yeah, yeah. He's, he's learned that is please yeah. uh, my cat has learned that the water bottle uh, is not his enemy despite the fact that that's how we try sort of trained him <laughs> and now he gives me this look of do it i dare oh, really? <laughs> i'm not gonna do anything yeah pip's not about that he's not about to stare it down no. um but as as um george is talking about what he could do he says i could stay in a cat house all night now a cat house is obviously just a term for whorehouse. Whorehouse, yeah. But let's remember this idea of women as cats. Okay. Okay. Feline. Sexy. It's just going to come in later, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh yeah. no. Hang on. Hang on. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, again. Oh. Not, again, not my tempo. Oh, no. Not my tempo. <laughs> but that's like... <laughs> yep. I'm just hanging on to that. Wow. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was good at my job. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so goes... Um, and he keeps going, what do I got then? I got you. And you lose me every job I get. And then Lenny kind of goes... Kind of calls his bluff. And goes... You want me to go? Okay, fine then, George. I will go. I will go. Up I in will them go. Hills. I'm going to go live in them hills, and I'm going to eat all the ketchup I want. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, no." He's like, "No, I'm going," because he realizes now he's got the upper hand. Yeah, fine, yeah, you want yeah. to do that? That's that one of the very few times that he did have the upper hand. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't get no mice stole off me neither. <laughs> yeah. And George just goes, "Just go get some wood so we can build a fire before it goes dark." And this is where we get, we fast forward a bit, sun's going down. Tell how it's going to be, George. Tell how it's going to be. And this is their version of the American dream. And the American dream changes depending on which character we're talking about. But generally, it's this concept. This is in the 30s. This isn't like today. This no, is in the no, 1930s. No. So Steinbeck writes this at the height of the Great Depression. But in time, He writes a best-selling book when at a time when no one has disposable income like which, let's think about that which is weird because it's very it feels if you didn't know that was during the depression it feels very um uh world westy do you know what i mean oh in places it's just got that it's past that but the very no i know it there's, is there's buses I, no i know <laughs> but in places it's still very world westy uh, yeah it's hard for me to divorce because because no, i know it so well no i know but yeah. also with the fact when he says about the land and getting land which is wild a wild west frontier thing the concept it? of land yeah the glorification of land yeah, yeah 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 and how times are changing sure so yeah you did the very thing that he was writing to like combat though didn't he like what's the uh, he writes the, he a writes a story that says in the, great the american dream yeah. is dead yeah. and by doing so he, he, he actually achieved own. the american yeah. dream yeah <laughs> but uh for him this is their american dream guys like us that work on ranches are the loneliest guys in the world notice the superlative loneliest loneliest not lonely the loneliest yeah. right 
Um, and that's the the alternative because then what happens if they don't? Because they don't got no family, nothing to look forward to. And then lends it not us though. You got me to look after you, and 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 I got you to look after me. And they say we're gonna have. He goes, tell us, tell us how it's gonna be. And they've obviously done this like a time thousand time times again, before. Man. This is a well performed, almost like double act that he knows so well. But he he he's rushing. It's not George's tempo, let's say. <laughs> and he goes, well, you know it. No, no. But I don't, he goes, I don't, I don't say it like you do. And it's true. Like George gives it like a poetry yeah, yeah, yeah. to it when he speaks. And he says about this little house they're going to have, and they're going to live off the fat of the land. And the idea that the fat, the excess, something more, not just doing enough to keep, not just being someone's employee, no, but being in control yourself. of yeah. your own agenda. I mean, is this the American dream? Is this is this the Soviet dream? I, mean, I don't know. Like The idea that everybody has a little bit of something, yeah, and they contribute enough so that they can live. Interesting. I'd be very curious looking to Steinbeck's personal politics, actually. When I, when I remember um, way back when, I thought when they meant fat of the land, I thought they meant like, the cow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, off the cow. Yeah. But obviously, as it's I get part older. Of that, it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's literally like we don't have to, we, we eat what we put but, out. We don't have to pay anyone but, for anything. But the notion is the land can be sufficient to give you enough for you and, and more. And more, yeah. And the problem is, I mean, this is actually a very anti kind of American. The fact that it says the American dream is a lie. Mm. It kind of comes across as very anti-capitalist. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it must mm. be. Which I've never really considered that that angle from it. Uh, but he, George is oh, Lenny. All he wants to do in life, he just wants to tend the rabbits. That's all he wants to do. And uh, Lenny goes. George goes. If it rains, we'll say hell going to work, and we'll listen to the rain. And at that point, he's broken from his trance, and he tells Lenny to look around and says, "Come back here if you ever get into any trouble." Which is pretty much the literary cue for ding, 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 ding. There's going to be be trouble. trouble. We're coming back. Yeah. The next day, they go to Tyler Ranch, and we meet Candy, who's played by Ray Walston, who I must know from something. I've seen him somewhere. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything of note. Oh, really? I couldn't find anything. Other actors I found lots of stuff on, but not him. Yeah, I've seen him. I know him from something. He might just be one of those faces that always pops up as a guest star in like a million TV shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's definitely familiar. We get some racial slurs about crooks, um, yeah. which is setting him up for later. Yeah. But o- only one in the movie. There's a couple. I hear only one of the big ones. The end one the, was said about three or four times in the movie. Was mm. it? Yeah. Yeah. I only heard it once. We get it from from him here. We get it from Lenny later when they're coming back okay, from the yeah, house. No, there is two, yeah. We get it from, I believe, um, when they're looking for a shotgun at the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's used there, and I think it was one uh, okay. more time. But it's not, it's not used nearly, it's not the, it's not not nearly like as much book. as it is in the book. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so now when, we read it, now when we read it, you know, you just skip over the word. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's complicated. Do you think in future times that'll be edited, the word? I don't know. I really don't. Because that's written as it's written from that time. So will that... I don't. I don't know. And it's not. It's not heroes. I don't believe George uses the word no. in the book. I don't no, think George doesn't. Uh, I think it's always characters who we don't, who are either a little bit ignorant or are villains who use the word. But um, I don't know. It's, it's just. I, I, yeah, I you know, know. It's interesting. Do thought. you alter history books? Do you, change the book out. Yeah, yeah I don't do, know. do you know what I mean? I don't know. But then do we take away the message, which is very much like that? We can talk about it in a minute, but that character is very much a character of like he's he's there with purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Steinbeck's trying to say something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
yeah, he's not just throwing out character for the no, sake. No, no this no, is no, supposed no, to mean no. something. No, each yeah, yeah. one of those men on there represents a type of person. Or woman. Or woman, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So, like, Candy represents all old people. Yeah. Right? And we can see that he's, something's wrong with his hand. We don't know what yet, but he's, like, balancing what, something on it. still don't know what happened to his hand, do we? Uh, he said he, get, he got compensation for his hand. Yeah, he, he just hated it. I'm trying to remember in the book. I think it's a machine, but I could be wrong. Okay, it looks like a machine. We meet the boss. He was expecting them last night. Uh, George does all the talking, calls Lenny strong as a bull, to which point Lenny goes strong as a bull. <laughs> he just repeats. <laughs> That's a, that is a genuine condition as well. It is called ecolalia. Ecolalia, something like that. Anyway, it basically is a psychological condition that comes along with a lot of things like neurodivergence, like autism and Asperger's and all these different things that a lot of children then have because we have to be really aware of it because it can sound like being mocked yeah it's not it's just their way of yep. processing what's being said but it's yeah it's what he's doing there so this tips the boss off and he wants to know what george's stake in lenny is because he went what's the reason you can't just be hanging out with this guy for the goodness of your heart yeah and yeah it's a, it's a plausible thing mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go with this guy and i'm gonna take his pay because he won't know any better yep mm. um george has a story about being his cousin and as they leave, you know, it's it's cute because Lenny, like, kicks him in the backside and goes, you said I was your cousin. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. If, if, if you were my cousin, I'd shoot myself, which is a little bit of uh, yeah. If I was there. a relative of yours, I'd shoot myself. Yeah. Um, we go into the into the bunkhouse, and as they go into the bunkhouse, Ken says, I'll show you. And as they go into the bunkhouse, it's a close-up of the dog as it mm. walks in. And then we mm. sort of see their perspective. And they go, hell of an old dog. And he goes, yeah, and he's getting older too, which, you know. They keep talking we, about. We we all are. Yeah. But it's a nice hint early. And then we meet uh, Curly, played by Casey Samasco. I don't know if he's good or not in this movie. No, he's not. He's a bit underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems a bit, like you can tell underneath it all, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I think that's the problem. That's the problem is that you can go, he's, he's an actor yeah yeah um he's got a thing for lenny a bit of a napoleonic complex like candy says like a lot of little guys he hates big guys i've worked with a lot of mean little guys not in teaching Mm -hmm. but yeah in 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 the factory world totally exists totally exists always gotta be proving yourself and he's got the advantage of um being being the boss's son Mm -hmm. and having having stroke having power having influence Yeah, yeah yeah Candy tells us his left hand's in a glove full of Vaseline. He keeps that one for his wife. I think that's a crude joke. Yeah, very. Yeah. Mm. I've heard two theories. One being that's the hand he, he hits his wife with, or number two, that's the hand he uses when he's amorous with his wife. Yeah. It's both, both. isn't it? <laughs> mm. yeah, Absolutely, so. it's both, yeah. So um, George warns Lenny about Curly and says, if he comes in, you get out of there. He's like, yeah, all right. And then in comes Curly's wife, played by Sherilyn Fenn. I think she's really quite good in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she never gets the name. In the book, she's just Curly's wife because she represents all women. And she's uh, trapped in a prison of her own making. I realized who she was when we was watching the movie. Yep. Uh, she was in um, SWAT, the TV series. She plays Street's uh-huh. mother. Okay. It's weird. I was only watching it the other day. Oh, yeah. Of course you were. One of the biggest things I remember about learning about this book, though, is her entrance and all of the different, like, literary 
complexes mm. that are used. Yeah, she's supposed. None of them are used in the. She's film. supposed to be backlit. She's supposed to stay in the doorway. When you stay in the doorway and you're backlit, it reduces you to a silhouette. And if you think about like a trucker's mud flap and the fact they always have like a silhouette of a they woman, do, so yeah. what does it do? It reduces you to a figure. It reduces you to your shape. It reduces you to a sexualization of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which, when you comp- combine that with the red dress, has semiotics of desire, lust, danger. All yep. these things come to play. Mm-hmm. Not really so much. She's got kind of more of a floral she pattern. She's supposed to be blonde, isn't she? I don't know. I'm sure she's blonde because it plays into the puppy. Oh, does it? I okay. believe so. I think the puppy is always supposed to be white, but her hair is also supposed to be blonde like the straw yeah, and like the puppy. You, you I'm it. sure that that comes into that. Like, because he likes to pet it because it's the same. For yeah. what it's worth, Sherilyn Fenn gave her the name Daisy. Oh, okay. I'm like, all right. Uh, when the film premiered in Cannes, Gary Sinise credited Sherilyn Finn's performance as one of the reasons the film received a standing ovation. Uh, she stands by the doorway and says, nobody can't blame a person for looking. And that seems to be a double entendre, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get in trouble for looking at me. And I can't get in trouble for looking at you. <laughs> Um, she's, then she's, also, she's also blocking the doorway if you do it right, and literally she's blocking their escape. She's blocking from their escape. Else. She's blocking their future ventures she, by being in the way of the but door. She, but she also can't get in because that would be crossing a line. Mm-hmm. So the doorway's okay, but cro- coming in would be too far. So there's that because we there's three main scenes in the book with 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 Curly's wife. This is the first. They skip the second, and then we get the third later. What was the second? Uh, I'll say it when we, when oh, we get okay, there. Okay. Because we still have the scene, we just don't include her in it. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember you saying something. Um, so, I mean, role of women's going to be an interesting conversation at the end of this, but Is as it, she leaves... She represents all women, yeah. So. As she leaves, Lenny thinks she's purdy, and, like, George, like, hits him. Right, stop. Like, yeah, he shoves enough. him, he pushes him, he punches him, because this is the thing. What happened last time? This is the trigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and says so she's a rat trap if I ever saw one. <laughs> Um, then we meet Slim, played by John Terry. Slim <laughs> played Christian Shepherd on Lost. Not seeing that. Oh, it's great. I like Slim. You're supposed to. He's yeah. the, he's, he's, the, he's, he's the, the godlike character. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, Jesus. makes me think yeah, of yeah. John Ham. Yep, I can see. He, you know what? If 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 Mad Men came out 20 years earlier, he could totally have played that part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we meet Carlson, played by Richard Ryle, who did a lot of like. He's exposition man, isn't he? he? Yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. He he he's he's a face I've seen a lot and a bunch of things as a character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlson's already talking about shooting Candy's dog here. Yeah, and we're gonna table that for later. Yeah. He also tells us there's puppies, and we can see that Slim's very much the leader amongst the men on the ranch. They respect Slim. Yeah, and he also kind of keeps the men in order when they're out and about doing sure. stuff, don't they? He's like the foreman. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Jesus complex, isn't he? Well, he's not got Jesus complex, but like they treat him as that character because he's the one that is amongst them, is yep. the better of them. And all. he's the only one who can talk back to Curly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, working on the ranch, we found out Lenny can do the work of two men, literally, uh, because there's two guys trying to hold these these uh, bags of barley and then Lenny's just like throwing up there like it's nothing. Which makes me laugh because we often see, uh, I think we see it twice, where him and George are doing it together. And yeah. they look like they're, <laughs> they're struggling like normal guys would just stick. Yeah, Lenny's, like, Lenny's like, all right, I'll help. In this, yeah, 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 George, George, come, come help me with the barley. <laughs> but in that scene, he's just yeah. slowly putting them on. Um, so there we go. Uh, so as a reward, um, George talks to Slim about getting him one of the puppies that were just born. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in the stable with the puppies. It's a great visual because Lenny's already in love with the puppies. He's like yeah. holding the puppy up to his mouth and be like, Arr! which is great because that's me whenever I get around a puppy as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, puppies are puppies are like a, a like a bundle full of joy. Have you they seen Paul's are. puppy? Yes, I have. I'm so excited. Um, he's warned, don't separate it from the mother. It won't be good for it. Um, the next day, um, Curly wants some job, some some job performance reviews. Um, Slim calls only the best worker he ever had. It's clear, like Curly's got it out for him, and then goes, "What about George?" He's like, "Yeah, he's a good worker too." Yeah, yeah. Uh, George has taken a mule back to the stable and swap it out for another one, and this is where he encounters Curly's wife. Daisy. To my memory, <laughs> she's not in this scene. This is a made-up no, scene for the film. I think he does go back, doesn't he? He might. I don't, I don't I know. I think he encounters um, Crooks here. No. No? No. Okay. No, I think Crooks is just the one, I think. Or maybe there's, I forget. I haven't talked in like seven years. Uh, Curly's wife is in the stable, and she comes a little bit further in. Um, she says that she's got a hurt foot, too, and says, let go of that old mule and talk to me. And we get it. Like, she's desperate for, for, for communication. Desperate for attention. She's She got married. Yeah. We find out why later. And has woken up and found herself abandoned with a husband who doesn't, he doesn't really care for her. Care, no. And surrounded by men who she's not allowed to talk to. And there's no other women. No. So she's trapped. Yeah. And this is the thing. If you make the wrong decision in marriage, you're trapped mm. this time. Um, so, um, she wants to know George is a sweetheart back where he comes from. He says, no, not ever. He says, no, they're interviewed by Curly who, uh, tells his wife to get back in the house. I mean, there's, he comes in on a moment of pretty significant sexual tension. Mm-hmm. They're both just kind of staring at each other. <laughs> you know, it's hot in the cool of the barn. I'm just going to lay here. And then Curly's <laughs> like, what's going on? He's like, I wasn't talking to you. And, he's, and all of a sudden, George's like, just mind my own business. It's like, don't look like you mind your own business. What I, what I find funny about Curly is that he's always trained like boxing, how big he is. And yet, anybody squares up to him, he will not, he'll, he'll always back down. Yeah. Unless it's Lenny. Yeah. You know? Because if he doesn't, Lenny will punch back. No. Yeah. That evening, Lenny looks guilty as sin coming back from the stables. There we go. And they keep the shot outside. We're Slim and George on rocking chairs. Then George gets up, goes into the bunkhouse, but we keep the shot outside. No, no, George, I don't want. Oh, I don't want. And sure enough, he's, he's, he snuck the puppy out. Um, and so that was effective. Um, but then we have a uh, different scene um, where Curly comes in. He needs a shot of whiskey for his gut ache. And this is where Carlson sees the dog and is like, we should shoot your dog. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. We should shoot it now. Why is he so adamant about shooting the dog? Um, because Steinbeck wants to make a point about old people. Yeah. Um, he says it stinks. I don't want to sleep beside a dog that smells. Well, I'm not being funny. They all do. Yep. <laughs> but it's something that we can at least... You know what it is? I'm not being 100% serious. You know, you know what this is? Go on. Something that makes today different from yesterday. Oh yeah, something that gives you control over a situation. But something where you're like, hey, something's different now. Something we did something. Yeah, okay, this is now this is now changed. Yeah. As opposed to living the same meaningless life, because guys live on ranches are the loneliest guys in the world. Mm. So we do something like this. And anybody who's got someone, we got to split that up. Yeah. So we're all miserable. Oh, oh. So 
He goes, I could take him out. I could shoot him right in the back of the head. He wouldn't feel a thing. And he keeps going, I couldn't do that. Yeah, first he's telling him how he should be doing it, and then he offers to do it himself. I had him too long. He says that twice. Is he supposed to not be attached to the dog then? Because he's like saying all the things like, you know, like uh, the dog is there for a reason. The dog was there to... Uh, well, dog represents him. I mean, he used to be a hell of a sheepdog. No, I know. But I mean, we know as ourselves, we get attached to animals, We get especially dogs. Sure. We, we all, all three of us are... Man's best friend. I mean, yeah, this is you know, here for a reason. So, but the way the other guy comes across is like, well, it's no longer performing his job, so we should get rid of it. Well, would they treat? I think. I think the, the point is being made is this: when Candy wakes up and goes, they'll, if they'll leave us to a, like, what? What are they going to do to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it spurs it. on his change. It does. So Slim speaks up and agrees. The dog isn't, um, isn't any good for any itself. good for itself. Now, I don't know how you do this because I think the hard part is Slim's a character for the reader and the viewer is supposed to respect, but we haven't really seen the dog suffering. No, and I think. I think you probably need to. You see, there's a there's a brief cutaway to it laying down. I mean, like, told you have a rest. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so if a dog's old, it doesn't mean that it's not. It looks no. pretty happy when it's laying down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of the things I didn't get right in this film. I think I remember in the book it coming across more like it probably what because especially because Slim says it. Yep. That's the description is. You yeah, you get more of the idea that no, it is an unwell dog that isn't whatever but it's still heartbreaking but in this the dog looked too happy to be there <laughs> something else they don't get right really is at this point someone comes in and reads a magazine and says oh look old old bill turner or whatever wrote a letter in in the book that's allowed to be your primary focus and you get distracted by this for a while and you're kind of hoping maybe everyone's gonna forget and then carlson goes so candy what about your dog and your heart breaks because you thought you they thought they dodged. Yeah. You thought they dodged a bullet. Pardon yeah, the pun. Yeah. Um, but in this one, you see, him you don't think of, you don't think of for a moment because he because he walks because they walks over talking to it, but they stay in shallow depth of field. Yeah. And you see Carlson loading his gun in the background, and he's the thing in focus. Yeah. So you never really get that that no because no. it, it's a brilliant part of the writing is they give you hope and then they take it away. Yeah. Like the hope was never here. No, but no. E- equally in this, I, you know, when you like have watched something and you've got something in your brain that happens, I seem to remember hearing a gunshot and a whimper, but obviously it's not. Yeah, there's a shot that happens. There's no gunshot. There's no gunshot. No, because no. that's why he rolls over and he's there's all no sad because gu- no, there's no we gunshot. Didn't, we didn't. I didn't hear it's it. Like I implied. think you were talking I during was, it. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because I was waiting for it. I I was waiting for it and didn't hear it. I'm. F- fairly certain i heard one oh, i think it happens it, when you were doing something right at the same time oh okay yeah. I, but I, I didn't, didn't remember I didn't hear it either. Well, we were we were all watching on the same tv at the same time yeah i, I was in the room with you guys it. and i don't remember hearing well, it. ethan's gonna quantum leap and, and tell us <laughs> if it happened <laughs> i remember just being silent because i was getting really choked up thinking about he rolls over at a very specific moment and starts to weep he does yeah, yeah he no does. i saw him rolling over but i don't i don't remember hearing it i remember i thought that it did but then I'm I didn't hear it listening scene. to this. I yeah. think I think it does, I'm, but I'm I, thinking of a different scene. I'd like to tap out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of when he was standing outside. No, no, I'm talking, we're talking about when it's yeah. nighttime and they're, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. and they start trying yeah, to play I, cards yeah. to try and cover up the sound because the silence is just hanging. Because Carl Carlson goes, Let's shoot it, let's shoot it. He goes, Let's wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Ho- Maybe something will pass it. Candy looks around hoping for some backup, and there's none coming. And there's the shot of a dog as they leave, and Slim goes, Carlson. And you think again, 
maybe it's going to change his mind. Don't forget to bring a shovel. And Candy Lee's on the bed. They play cards, but no one really brings himself to get too invested. They look over at Candy. I've got, there's a gunshot, and then Candy cries and rolls over. And I do realize, when I was watching it, was, I remember going, something happened. It wasn't the, the clearest sound. I didn't hear it, though. But he rolls over at a very specific he moment. Did. And there's no, he's waiting. He did. He's, if, he, if he rolls over at the start, but I thought, then there's no gunshot. No, no, that's no, fine. no, no, no. But I thought it was, that's why they're playing cards. And that's why he rolls over. Because that's too excruciating. He's still waiting for it. Because I didn't hear it. I think as the audience, you have to hear it. You have to hear the gunshot. Yeah, that's yeah. what I yeah, thought. No, so I'm, I th- I'm certain it's there, I but we're going we're to keep talking around it until we it's go back. Weird, so, Because I remember at the time thinking, I'm waiting for this gunshot. It's not on there. So. I'd say next week, but next week's a pre- uh, already been yeah, recorded, yeah, yeah. so we're going to have to see how this works out. But we'll, Oh, hang on, though. Next week is not recorded. Next week is going to be... Slumdog. No, it's not Slumdog. No, it's the oh. other one that we're doing on <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah. So, surprise, folks. So, if you're not part of the Patreon, you just found out what's happening in a couple of weeks. Oh, no, because we based on the other one. That's out to later. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You're all right. You're all right. Oh, God. This, uh, is, where I get this is why we don't let Liam know things. <laughs> Time. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you can always edit that out. I'm not going back to edit that out. Jeez. Um, what am I doing here? So, um, he's just rolled over. After hearing it. Uh, what may or may not have been a Schrodinger's gunshot he heard. The next day, there's a heaviness over the men as they go out and ride out of the, out of focus. So Candy's in the foreground, and, so, and the men get on the on the, the back of the truck, and it's in focus. As it drives away, though, they go out of focus, and we see Candy, and then Candy looks down like he usually would for his dog, and then realizes, all oh, right, he's not there. Do you know the funny thing about that, though? I'm not funny, but when we saw <laughs> Candy with his dog... Yeah. You always saw Candy, and then it panned down to yeah. the dog. This didn't pan down. You nah. just saw him look but down. you see him look, and then, of course, we know it's not there. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens whenever you lose someone. You have really? to rewrite all those synapses in your brain because you yeah. think frequently, what about this, what about that? I remember um, I lost my mom. Um, it was not long before Christmas. And uh, I went into the shops, and there was something that was Quality Street, which you always got mom for Christmas. I went, oh, Quality Street – and it's like in those little brief moments you forget. Yeah. And you have to come to grips with that morning a thousand times over mm-hmm. until your brain gets used to it being the permanent state of, oh, right, yeah, there, there's this. There's the first of a lot of things, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, but it's those moments when you just forget for a brief moment. Yeah. Because up until your life, however old you are, for me it was 40, uh, 41. Uh, for 41 years I'd, I'd gone to the and i've always gone oh this is this is my mom loves this and then you gotta start teaching yourself the, the, all right there's not this and so it takes it takes longer than you expect to sort of treat to train your brain or for your yeah. brain to train itself or those synapses to, to link in a different way yeah so yeah um where are we at here um so slim asks george why he and lenny work together and we get the backstory and it was something that georgia had mentioned earlier as we were watching it, because I, I, I think you asked, yeah. yeah. And I went, I don't know. I think it says so in the book. And this is where he goes, no, no, no. He used to work for the Aunt, Cl- Aunt Clara. Mm-hmm. And then when she passed, he promised he'd, he, he'd look after Lenny. Yeah. And we also get, he slips up, and then he has to tell about what happened in weed. Why does he tell him in weed? That's what I don't understand. Why does he tell him? Yeah. Because he gets, because he slips up. But Slim's a good guy as well. Slim's a good guy. And, and we need to know. We need to know. 
just that. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't need to share so much. But he does. He chooses to share with him. Well, it's Slim is the Jesus character, isn't it? So he's so he's doing confession. Oh yeah, yeah. Get it off his. Shoulders. And so he's told, and he goes, "No." And also, so so Slim can tell us he's not mean. I can see that. Yeah, and I that acts as he he, he vouches for him, right? Yeah, because yeah. we don't really see whatever happens, so we're believing that George is telling us the truth or has an accurate idea. Mm-hmm. So I think that's both exposition and a vouching. Um. <sighs> See, Slim gets a lot more, like, descriptive time in the book, so it kind of means more when he says it. Yeah. I uh, says, I can tell Mean Guy a mile off, and as if on cue, in comes the boss and yells at them for not working hard enough. Get back to work. He yep. even talks to Slim like it as well, doesn't he? Yep. Even though he's, like, his foreman as such. Slim yep. is able to go, he was having a drink, and yep. but then he goes, I don't but, care. But, but, but then you got to back down. Yeah, 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 yeah at yeah. least he has he has a voice in it, doesn't he? At least he has someone bat- vouching for him. If yeah. He went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that evening, Curly's practicing on the speed bag in front of everybody. Oh, that noise. And he's told by his dad to shut up. So, again, like, everyone's always disrespected him. Lenny smuggles the puppy in again, or we think so, but it turns <laughs> out he's fooled us. He's not really <laughs> smuggling the puppy in. The fact that he uses that as a joke is funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, Curly then comes in looking for his wife. Where's Slim? And they never really clear us up. <laughs> they don't. I think Slim is having an affair with Curly's wife. Yeah. 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 That's what it seems like. Cause all or rest- a friendship. But if that's Jesus, then maybe this is Mary Magdalene. All the other, I wouldn't all the blame others, either of them. All the others seem to think there's something going yeah. on. Yeah. He really wouldn't. They're like, ooh. Everyone's like, let's yeah. go find out. And George is like, we're going to stay here. We don't want to be anywhere. There's fireworks. Um, and so George tells another version of uh, the dream house. And this time he knows of one. Ten acres. And uh, he says... Um, and you got to make sure, he says to Lenny, but those cats don't get those rabbits. Mm. And the direct line from Lenny is, I'd break those goddamn cats' necks. Yep. That's why. Now, you, if cat represents yeah. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or you know, prostitutes, sexually, yeah, se- yeah, sexually yeah, yeah, provocative yeah. women. That sounds like a pretty good sort of indicator of what happens in the third act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, just saying. <laughs> Wow. Uh, can, so there we go. Foreshadowing. Do you think that's why he's not been with anybody? Because Lenny wouldn't have that. <sighs> the dynamic. You know, you might be 100% right. You know, I've never considered that, but that might be, that might be true as well. Yeah. I remember Good looking guy like you. Why haven't you ever yeah. a sweetheart? Yeah. He can go he's to, in, he says I can go to a whorehouse, get it all out of my system. George mm-hmm. isn't going to bring someone in that he potentially loves for Lenny to only accidentally also, kill them. Yeah. Or the fact or that he's, he's, get- he's such a vagabond. Like, he might be somewhere else in three days because yeah. he loses every job he gets. So what's the point of getting attached? I remember one reading I saw was, like, he could be gay. But then again, you could do that with any character. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. But Liam's makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah, I am. <sighs> I think see, I think it was, it was cemented in my brain seeing the scene, uh, the added scene with Curly's yeah. wife. I'm like... Yeah, you I, could. I, I think Steinbeck's uh, right in a fairly heteronormative perspective yeah, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is interesting, though. Out of all the representation mm. we get, we obviously don't even get the a sprinkle of consideration of this because we don't even mm. get Slim as gay would have been an interesting choice. Mm. Mm. We don't even get like the when they question when why they work together, why George carries Lenny along. You don't even get. Any sort oh, of any sort of thought that it might be, yeah. All. It's not even considered. No. No. Mm. Which makes me think the word Steinbeck was probably writing was 
in a time that even mentioning that in your own work could get it completely maybe yeah you're not wrong yeah, even, even, even ambiguously yep. yeah so he's completely cut it uh, candy turns out has been listening the whole time he's got 300 dollars already saved up and he's got number 50 coming in by the end of the month and they only need 600 bucks to get this house 300 dollars during the depression yeah that's pretty good Gave him 250 for his ham it's a pretty good deal yeah mm. you consider it's like how according to this it's almost like 40 percent of a house that's I would crazy. get another limb yeah. chopped off. Can you imagine if you're just like, we're going to buy a house. Great. Well, poor money. How long will it be? One month. <laughs> Great. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, just imagine. Um, He's got no family and says, I'll leave you guys. I'll make a will up. I'll leave my share of it to you. He's and all in, any. he? It's like he's got nothing he else. He goes, look, I wish when I'm no good, they'll shoot me, but they won't. They'll can me. And what will happen then? Oh, my word. He's going to starve. In the Great Depression, with one hand and no social assistance in existence. And no place will, of bed to rest. Or he either will kill himself or starve to yeah, death. Yeah, he will yeah, starve yeah, yeah, to yeah, death yeah. or he'll be forced to kill himself directly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, doesn't having a little house where you can just grow old and pretend you're still of any good sweeping that, the floor. That that's makes, a much better. Yeah, that mm. makes why the, the desperation is. Sure. And so oh, his, the desperation is real for him there, yeah, especially yeah. after the dog. Yeah. And so George thinks he can get the place for four fifty and at least work by himself was to finish up the rest. Yeah, just do the next three months or whatever. And Candy gets to have his own little thing. He's gonna hold a garden. This is his version of the American dream now. Yeah. So it's not about having a place of my own. His is a place where I can grow old. That that that's his thing. I can and have security peacefully. and yeah. die mm-hmm. peacefully and with some dignity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in a one month, they're going to buy a house and everybody else comes back in slim and curly are back from the stables and slim is tired of curly accusing him of having an affair. Uh, slim kind of punks curly out in front of everybody as does Carlson and people laugh at him. And what I don't get is there's wit wits in the room. Wits, this little sort of skinny guy, right? Wit, who is now, um, Alexis Arquette. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's changed gender in real life. Yes. Um, but I'm curious why Curly doesn't take a shot at Wit, who's openly laughing. Like, if you're going to punch someone out, punch that person out. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get, you know, um, Carlson, who's like a big guy. So Carl, uh, Candy might be a better boxer. Sorry, Candy. Curly might be a better boxer, but, you know, Carlson's got like 100 pounds yeah, on weight him. is still yeah, weight, yeah. yeah. Weight's hence still a why, thing. Hence why when we have boxing matches, there's featherweight, lightweight, weight, weight, weight classes. Weight, heavyweight, yeah. So, you know, Carlson doesn't have to land a whole lot of punches, but if he lands a couple, he's going to do the job. He's gonna, yeah. And so, like, Wit doesn't have the backing of the boys. Wit was the one actively laughing at him. Mm. So I said this is a bit of a directorial mistake by, by Mr. Sinise, if I may. Now, granted, it's a bit that he's being laughed at and needs someone to take it out on, but I think Wit's the wrong character to be laughing. Yeah, yeah. Have Carlson laugh. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slim can't laugh. He's not that kind of guy. Does Wit no. do anything in the book? Wit's got, if he does Wit, Wit does exist. Yeah, Wit I know, does exist. Just, I can't remember if he does anything, who, who, what his kind of representation is. He I doesn't mean anything. He's just, anything. He's just guy, a guy. I, yeah. I think Wit does exist is a pretty good, like, description of him in either the film and the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, Curly then flat out starts to assault you laughing at me, and it's that bit where, like, Lenny's like, He's not even smiling. No. I thought he might have gotten him if the puppy was really there and he might be laughing at that. And you could play that for like, but he's not, which is fine. But this is the, all the, he needs to justify an assault. So he beats Lenny up and uh, the music's good. And, you know. Why doesn't George step in here? 
He does. He tells Lenny to hit, no. hit him. Why does he not step in physically? Probably against the code of uh, why doesn't Slim step in? Mm. If Slim's Jesus, why doesn't Slim step in? Two men are having a fight. I just don't understand. Because if, you know, if George steps in, if George steps in, they're fired. It's the boss's son, yeah. So, but what can happen is he threw the first punch. If if Lenny beats him up, we all saw him throw the first punch. Yeah. Mm. And that's what Enough happens. Witnesses. Lenny get him and he catches the hand and he crushes the hand. And this is all really accurate to the book. Yeah. The blood kind of coming down all around it. That's a bit. Yeah. I thought he was going to snap his hand off. I thought he was a little like candy at the time he was done. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul's eventually he uh, he tells him, let go, let go, let go. And Not before him. Um, Curly's passed out. Yeah. And Lenny starts crying. You told me to, George. You told me to. And he goes, I oh, know you didn't do anything wrong. And Slim gets right in Curly's face and says, everybody asks, we're going to tell them what really happened here. But you threw the first punch. You know that. So you're going to tell everybody you got your hand caught in the machine. Because no one else has to know. And yeah, as pride's enough, that seems to work. The next day, Lenny and George are carrying barley because we needed it to happen for a scene. Because we already said he can do it by himself, but we need this here. Curly's wife shows up and wants some company. You've never seen if it doesn't exist in the in the, in the book. Mm-hmm. She wants to know what happened to uh, Curly's hand. George says, I heard he got his uh, hand cut in the, caught in the machine. She doesn't believe that. She asks Lenny how he got the bruises on his face. And he just has a line he's been told to say. He got his hand caught in the yeah. machine. He <laughs> totally gives it away. Um, she leaves that evening. George decides to go into town with the boys. Which is, I mean, George has flaws in this in this in this film in this book as well. George knows he needs to stay with them all the time, and then the the pull and the allure of having camaraderie with other men, he, yeah, pulls George away from Lenny. You don't blame him though for going away for one no, night. You, you understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the same breath, you're going. This plan can only work if you're babysitting him all the time. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. You gotta be checking on Lenny like you would a child yeah yeah um and so um lenny waters down to the stable bucks quarters and we meet crooks played by joe morton and you and i know this guy oh and so i looked him up it's just come to me okay he's the guy from skynet in terminator 2 he is the guy from skynet in terminator 2 oh my god oh good job he's also part of another movie we've seen oh um no it's gone because you thought he was a copper he was a copper he was yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, he's in speed. He's the guy who's like, yes. he's the guy's captain, Mac. Yes. Who's like, how many lives you got, man? Ha, yeah. ha, 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 ha. Wow. And he's laughing. And I'm like, if you're Keanu Reeves, you're like, I almost died, dude. Wow. Like, what are you laughing here? Isn't that weird how I. Yep. Wow. Uh, he starts, um, he starts to abuse Lenny because he can. Second character who we've seen do this. Um, he realizes quickly that Lenny doesn't understand. And so he starts abusing him. Uh, in a way that probably he's abused and mm-hmm. feels. Mm. And now that he gets an opportunity, I mean, this is a dark, dark story about humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he starts going on about that. And he says, look, I can't come into your bunkhouse because I'm black. So you shouldn't be in my place. I totally get that part. Mm-hmm. Totally get that part. Yeah, totally, yeah. But then he says some things like, you know. He realizes it doesn't matter he goes, what he says to him. No, because that, but he also goes like, I just got books. That's all I got. Books ain't no good. You need to have someone else with you. Guys who live on ranches are the loneliest guys in the world. Yeah. 
And he thinks the bunkhouse is the answer. And the bunkhouse isn't the answer because everybody there is just equally alone as well. Yeah. Maybe not as bad as this, but yeah. But at least, yeah. At least they have a conversation. He probably yeah. on his own mm. doesn't have any conversation, does he? Um, so then Crooks kind of says, he kind of tries to take Lenny back and make him one of him and goes, suppose George didn't come back tonight. Then what happens? Suppose, you know, suppose he got hurt. And then, of course, whoops, you've started something up. Said and Lenny's going there. like, what do you mean? What, what? Hurt Who George. hurt George? Who? Why are you supposing someone hurts George? Like, hey, hey, take it, take it back, take it back. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Now, in the book, Curly's wife comes in, and there's a scene of a three of them: the the rejects, the ones who everybody else leaves behind. Oh, okay. So the scene about how everyone's gone. Yeah. Let George is in the room for this, and that's important because you have these three. These three are the outcasts. You know, the guy who's got a disability, the black guy, and the woman. Mm -hmm. And none of them have any agency. And this one, she comes a little bit further. She comes into the room. And at one point, in almost a mirror image of what just happened with Crooks and um, Lenny, Lenny, she threatens uh, Crooks and says, I'll tell them that you hit me. Wow. And, like, this is, like. It might be California, okay? Yeah, so yeah, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like the South as far as like the Southeast South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still not going to end well for you. No. no. And so, we've already seen with Lenny um, and the lady before, and he only um, ripped her dress, didn't he? Yep. And we got told later. And they trying to lynch him. We got told later that Crooks, sorry, that, that Curly will lynch. The word is lynch. lynch. Um, Lenny. Yeah. For yeah. what happens to his wife. Yeah, yeah. So like this will not go well. So she's like realizing the power she has to a degree of like one word for me and I can kill you. Yeah. Indirectly. And so I think Curly's wife comes off a lot more complicated in the novel. Whereas in this, she's just, she's just, she's really just kind of a victim. You also kind of, she's sympathetic in this one. You don't, not that it, it, it has a different impact when the ending happens. If she's already threatened to get another man killed in which she does in the book. Like it's much more complex. Like it's much complex more complicated yeah. and complicated, and you kind of have different feelings about her dying sure. than you do in the film. Well, I don't like, think you're happy that she dies. In the no, book, no, but. no. But like, there's the there's this. She's she's there's not, layers. Yeah, there's layers to it. She's not just this com- like confused, vulnerable woman. She is other things as well in the book, and you don't get that. But unfortunately, this doesn't happen here, so it's a shame because no, it's only, it's a great scene. The only allusion to it is that you get that they're dressed the same. Lenny and Crooks in this scene are dressed exactly the same. Oh, they really? Yeah. Okay. But do you think that they are? Yeah. Do you think though she's not um, naturally a bad person, this passe, but she's because she's getting beaten by Curly, and she has no one else to talk to or anything. Oh, the only are we, talking, are, in, are we talking the film or the book? No, talking the book. But it's the only the only reason she has. No, the book. She threatens to kill a man because of the color of his skin. I got. I got. You can't give me. Oh, she's I, not a bad person. She is mm, a bad person. In this, she's not though. No, in this, she's not. Because so she, she doesn't do it in this. Yeah, but I'm just saying, when she, um, like, says things and provocative things and try and, she's like... Oh, I have no judgment. Out. I have no she's judgment against to, her in this film. Yeah. Which is part of, it's actually something that I actually have an issue with, is... is Should have. She's not complex. It's not, not, not complex enough for me. Yeah, true. Like, I mean, Curly's always the big bad villain. He always is. And there's no nuance to that side of it. But she's a lot more complicated than this one. It really kind of whitewashes it just a bit. Mm. Which is a shame. Yeah. It missed this scene. This scene needed to be here. 
But so we go. So um, in the end, George comes by and um, says, hey, you shouldn't be in here. Out you go, which is, I believe, how the scene ends in the book. George does come home and goes, you shouldn't be here. And Crooker's like, we, we was just talking. It's all right. It's she okay. Is, yeah. um, but then Curly's wife uh, approaches them in the yard this time and explains how Curly went to town and broke all her records. That that dialogue is in the previous scene. scene okay. In the book. So we get the, yeah, she, she's still a victim, which should make you think in the book, she, she, she's again, like, like, like Crooks when he abuses Lenny, yeah she shouldn't be doing it to someone else. You yeah. would think. Like the hierarchy is like the, yep. the, everyone is beaten by someone, but yep. everyone finds their place of who are they just yep. above? Who can they be? Who can, down who can I use my influence or my position? And that seems really Where do I sit here? It puts Lenny right on the bottom. On the bottom. It puts Lenny with the animals. Yep. And then you have crooks above him, and then Lenny's uh, Curly's there's lot, wife. There's just a lot above of him. animal imagery in the book about and Lenny. It's, it's not, it's not there, and that's sad. Which is important because they talk about caging him up and things they, like this. They and, mentioned that in the film, did they? Cage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. if you've been had the whole book where you've had nothing, you've had like a load of animal imagery. Yeah, yeah. yeah then yeah. all of a sudden, remember, you know, and the fact that he wants to be with the rabbits and on the land and tending it, and he likes to touch soft things and all these things come in and all kind of come full circle at the end because he's shot like the dog. Yeah. When, yeah. if you've had it throughout, and it, you don't get it in this. Uh, close only counts to the horseshoes and hand grenades I got. Because we got a horseshoe tournament going on. And it's so close, uh, they can taste it. This is the new house. Candy could barely sleep and says, send the money, send the money. Wrap it up, send the money. And Lenny's in the barn with the puppy, but it's dead. And so here's my ever big thing. Ready? Yeah. We start with a dead mouse. Yeah. Then we go to a dead dog. Yeah. It's getting bigger. It is, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen next? Something bigger still. Yeah, There's yeah. a third thing yet to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rule of three, baby. Um, I think this happens here because we see it as a you know, okay to die. Because in the book, it's Lenny gets more sympathy with this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here, he just comes across like we, we've 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 missed the part where it's dead. I don't think we see it in the book either. But he's just kind of like raging at the at the dog a bit. <laughs> And it's like, why did you have you to do this? To you die, weren't yeah. supposed to. Now, now George won't let me tend the rabbits. And it feels like it's just. The I'm, performance, I think, is off here. I think the wording is still I'm very similar. I'm not sure similar. script's great. Yeah, no, but I think the wording is still similar in the book. But I think the way he performs this, it comes across as more I, angry than like sympathetic. I also wouldn't have shot him from behind. No. Like holding the dog. I might have had like more facials and have him like upset as he's like, lift I mean. the flap it's of his ear up and be like, come on. And, oh, and see yeah, him being yeah. sad and have him crying and you, have him do these things. You weren't supposed to die, but have it much more. He can still transition soft, in the end yeah. of a transactional. Now I'll get the 10 of the rabbits, but you start from a, a place of more sad, not angry remorse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that anger, you can have him say like later when he's like, no, I'm not going to get the, but not directed at the animal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird choice. Um, Curly's wife goes into the barn and she goes all the way up to Lenny. And this is why I really also wish they, they hadn't messed up the scene in earlier. the earlier yeah. because she gets gradually it's the doorway the first time. Yeah. The second time she goes into the room and like towers over the words that I believe are used in the text towers over crooks yeah. to make him seem small and make her seem big and dominate him. And this one, she gets right up to him. And the, the cinematography eventually catches up, but not really. Um, and so in this one, the, the last step is she, she oversteps once in the doorway, oversteps twice by going in the crook's room. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oversteps the third time. Because in the book, she takes Lenny's hand and puts it on her hair. Mm-hmm. 
She doesn't just give him the option to touch. She actually is the one who like in, in, instigates yeah, the contact. I remember that, yeah. And so again, you can see that's a building thing. So all these things were bound to happen with this tempest that, that Steinbeck had created. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds the dead puppy, and we get into a tight two shot, which I've got here. She tells us that anyone could, because you know Lenny's worried about someone finding out. He goes, "Oh, anyone could yell, and none of the guys outside would be able to hear." Yeah, which is going to be important in about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Uh, She talks about an actor in Salinas who says they could have gone away with the show. And it's her version of the dream house story, her American dream. Yeah. The the two shot gets super tight. And then she says, this guy was going to put me in pictures and he was going to write me a letter. And she goes, I never got that letter. I reckon my my mother threw it away, even though she said she hadn't. Now, that's one possible outcome. Yeah. The other possible outcome is that some guy slept with her, promised her, I'm going to put you in pictures, baby left town which is more promising (laughs) never wrote but which narrative do you tell yourself yeah equally which narrative do you tell yourself we're gonna get ourselves a little house yeah and we're gonna live off the fat of the land and i'm gonna run it's the same game we all play if we ever buy a lottery ticket yeah that's true what are we all gonna do and yeah. we go, oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Buy a big house with. And it's a fun little. Could live. It's a fun little escape. Doesn't mean they ever really think it's going to happen. I think the book does a better job of showing you they're all just living a pipe dream. It also gives more. This is all just the story you tell yourself so you can sleep at night. Yeah, there's more questioning as to whether he actually does have somewhere that they can. Is there actually really a place? Is there a place at all? And I think in this, it makes you go, oh, there absolutely is, but. Like, I he don't re- think he refuses to send the in- money, but yes, it's like Sinise read it and went. Didn't quite get it. I think he gets it. I just think they may have probably made some changes for the sake of palatability. Maybe because they don't. Because then George is more complicated. Which again, I lo- go back to last week. <laughs> I love me a complicated character. Yeah, but it's better if he's just the hero in this, isn't he? I mm-hmm. mean, I would say no, but like for a general audience, <clears throat> probably yes. I think the version that the. The book that I've read, that version, better story. Yeah. 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 But as far as easy to palate and something that the public might prefer. This is going to be really difficult to rank this film because it's impossible to take it away from what we already know. Oh. And do we, and basing it on what I've seen is, and then basing it on what it could have been, are two different. I don't think I can do, see, I think, I think I've managed to sort of figure out where, where I'm sitting. I can't judge us on how accurate is it to a book. That's not what this is. No, no, no. But I think because also... It's not, it, that's not what it is, but equally there's like the amount of, I know that it could have been better. Yep. And that's frustrating. With a lot of films, you don't have that because even if it's not that great, you haven't had a literal dialogue of how it could have been better, whereas with this you have. Sure. So it's easier to point out flaws in something where you know things are missing. I'll give you credit. Though. It's one thing though. There's, play, there's some things which are better in this and we haven't got to it yet, but no, we will. Yeah. Um, so she admits she doesn't like, oh, so I went to the Riverside Dance Palace that same night and I met Curly and married Curly and, uh, he ain't a very nice fella. No. Um, so she, uh, so in her lowest time, uh, she meets Curly, she, yeah, yeah, who yeah. reinforces, you know, you, you kind of, if you, if you had a night, if, if I'm inferring correctly and she's, she slept with this guy. And then throwing it away, and it's heartbroken, and is choosing to come up with a narrative that she needs to believe in, so that she can make 
heads or tails that she wasn't just used by someone yeah and then she meets curly i could have used something like he was nice for the first couple of weeks i could have used something i don't know she's still desirable then isn't she so of course she chooses him maybe there is because his dad's a ranch hand maybe he was like i can he's a ranch sure he's not a ranch hand a ranch hand someone who works on the ranch yeah a rancher Yeah, yeah sorry um, and maybe there was oh, more promise security. of security. Yeah, and again, maybe a couple more lines on that. I don't know what the book does here. It's been seven years, yeah, or six years since I've taught it. But yeah, um, but she sort of smacks him a little bit playfully, mm. and she makes contact with his chest in this movie, and then she gives him the okay to touch her hair. She's like, "Why do you like rabbits so much? Oh, they're soft. They're pretty. They're all this. Oh, everybody loves soft and pretty things. Go ahead." And so um, it's some real extreme close-ups of his hands running through her hair. And then she likes it. And for her, again, this is, I don't even know if it's sexual. It's just the idea of. Some sort of intimacy. Touch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I was going through. uh, (laughs) That's sound really weird. I was going through a a, a divorce. Um, My head of the department came up to me and sort of um, patted me on the back or something like that. And it was the first, like, physical. I'm not really a hugger. As, yeah, as yeah, yeah. well known, but it was the first like physical contact I'd had with another human being in like weeks, and I was it was strange in that moment. I was like, I really needed that, mm. just that little touch of camaraderie and, and humanity, yeah, to sort of you know, I don't know, have some. So again, it, well, obviously, obviously, it wasn't sexual, <laughs> but no, I know it was it's having that connection. It was something. There was, there was, there was, it, was a, it, it was a human experience. Yes, Humans yeah. need that. It's the same. It's the same reason why babies that aren't held enough, that aren't whatever, played with like a touch, tickled, yep. all these things grow can grow up to have genuine other cognitive issues like memory functions because they've not had those touches that release other things in their brain you need that humans need to be held and touched that is just one of the things that help us function as humans um we get uh she likes the content and then she doesn't because he's messing her hair up if she was a little less vain (laughs) actually to be fair he probably wasn't gonna let go once once he got the okay it was maybe then George walks in and then he freaks out or someone walks in and then he freaks out and that's not mm-hmm. going to go well. Um, it's the screaming. We're told earlier that it's yep. the screaming that made him held on tighter. Then she wants him to let go, but she screams not knowing. I've gotten my notes, like you just said, it's like the girl in weed. And then she goes limp and Lenny doesn't realize until he does. Then he runs off leaving the ranch and Slim and George are having this moment playing like horseshoes. Yeah. It's, it's like great. it's like they're doing like a... George it's, is it's just like, one, isn't he? Yeah, he's just in this great ringer, and it's kind of like they're doing, like, what if we did the Top Gun volleyball scene (laughs) with horseshoes? But you know what, right? This is his moment when he goes, yeah, things are actually starting to look up. I'm one of the boys, and the the benefit of being one of the boys, and the problem is he can't have both. He's got to have one life or the other, Yeah, and now the decision's going to be made for him soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Candy goes into the barn and finds Curly Wife's body. He then calls over George. And yeah, the body's definitely been moved from when Candy <laughs> discovers her and leaves her and when they go back. Candy. <laughs> uh, Candy goes, what are we going to do now, George? And he sounds just like Lenny. Yeah. Then he- in the book, this is where he asks, he asks explicitly about the house. Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes, it's not going to be a house and explicitly lets him down. Here he just goes, I don't know. Because especially because like even 
like because we we only needed a month's worth and we've got 450 yeah. even in this situation they can send what they've got and put well, it as a deposit and they've got like he's got five months to he's got 350 whatever. i don't think lenny's getting paid for the month no 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 but they've still <laughs> no. got 400 between them haven't they? they yeah because what's his face because candy's got he's got 350 by the end of the month he'll 350 300 now he'll have 50 more by the end of the month 350 yeah, george has got 50 at the end of the month george george will have 50 by the end of the month we're not at the end of the month but he will have 50 at the end of the month but yeah that's like the kind of thing yeah. and like they've so they've if the house was re- they've still only got to work they've got to work yeah. two more months we yeah we, we, but, we've peeled open this thing which goes why don't you send the money to to, to, to hold the house yeah and that's uh, because it doesn't exist unless it's the, the joy of the story and the story is never going to be real but it's what subsides you and george understands that which the film doesn't tell us no, yeah. nor does it give us any idea to even hint so there's things like in whiplash where we go but what if it's this and we go but it's given us it, it could lean because we get indications yeah this film doesn't give us any indication no no No. it's just previous knowledge it's just previous knowledge so um candy then warns us that curly's gonna want lenny lynched george asks for a moment says just wait a few minutes so i can go back into the bunkhouse and i can pretend i don't know because if we go out now they're gonna think i'm in on it candy sounds the alarm and uh curly walks up and finds a piece of fabric of lenny's Candy and candy and oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Candy and Lenny, uh, George, George suck at cleaning up a yeah, fucking yeah. Fi- <laughs> a, a crime scene. Yeah, they just it's do. Literally, his hat. He finds it straight away. He's like, "Was that like, not there?" Neither there are two of you guys. They don't move the body. No and one. Find but it eventually, and they, yeah. they would have gone. Well, where's Lenny? Yeah, but, uh, like, but this you is know. A, it's like leaving a note that said, "I did it, yeah, Lenny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to meet. There's yeah. Polaroids of him doing it. <laughs> I didn't mean to do this. Not Lenny. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Curly Fire. Oh, we did it already. And he's like, he's got a big old smile. It's like, I'm going to shoot Lenny myself. And it's like, yeah, this guy ain't Morden. Why has no one approached George right now and said, look, no, good point. You know, what's going on here? You must know something. Good point. Everybody blah, knows. Blah, blah. It's not like only Slim knows these two guys are no. buddies. No. No, you're right. It just seems odd. Slim gives a similar speech to when he suggested Candy's dog should die and goes, you know, it's, locking him up is not, not a good spot for him. So you got two options. You continue to run with him for the rest of his life, at which point he's going to get caught anyway. Yeah. It's going to happen ha- again. It's escalating. Because We've seen it. Already. The dog. Yeah. yeah. We had the mouse, the dog, Curly's wife. And this isn't a torn dress anymore either. This is she's dead. I yeah. think, I think, yeah, George realizes that. Uh, Slim suggests Curly stay behind, but he's smiling. He wants to shoot himself. We get a throwaway line from Carlson. My gun has been taken. I don't think they really pay enough attention to that because you got to go, how no. does he get the gun? Yeah, if you're not yeah, paying attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. where do you get the gun? It's Carlson's gun. Because I didn't to start with. No, yeah, it's Carlson's gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And they go, oh, we'll get Crooks' shotgun. And then George finds Lenny, finds him in the same place, and Lenny's proud he didn't forget. Now, what this does really, really nicely is it skips the two worst parts of the novel, of a novella, which is um aunt clara in a hallucination like makes fun uh-huh. of lenny yeah. for like getting in this situation how george isn't going to want to stay with him oh, and okay. then a rabbit makes fun of him yeah oh really yeah like it's like the snake part the snake part i always thought was neat is there a snake i think there's like a bit where a snake gets killed or something by like a bird i can't uh, yeah. there's some it's yeah, it's some kind of metaphor yeah. to explain yeah. like it's better f- it's better for its removal. Oh, it really good, is. Good, good, good. Um, I never 
gave any instruction to pay any attention to that. I went, don't worry about that. That's not, that's not the good stuff. The good stuff's in like Crocus's, uh, like in Crocus's room and things like that. Those are the scenes you want to talk about. He was taking an opioid when he was writing that bit. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and so, um, Lenny's really proud he didn't forget and he wants to know why George isn't giving him hell. And George's like, I ain't mad. I've never been mad. And at this point, you're going, I think you should be going, yeah, we know how this is ending now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, in the book, it's so much better here. And I hate to be this guy, but... It is. <laughs> it clearly lays out, and he makes him look at the horizon, and he expresses with all the flourish that we had at the start of how it's going to be. Yeah. And it's Lenny so starts interjecting things like, I want to go there. I want to go there now. And nothing beats the fact you actually hear a bullet in this. Like, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But it's missing, like... When he dies in the book, he is so, so happy. happy. Yeah. Mm. As opposed to just kind of where we've seen him a few times already in the movie. Yeah. But to be fair, he is happy because he gets excited when he goes, and I'll pet rabbits, bang. Right. But I mean, like, he's, he's so, so much he can't know, control I know, I know. himself. I want to go there. I want to go know, there now, which maybe is heaven. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It absolutely is imagery for him. He sends him to the rabbits, doesn't he? He sends him to his version of heaven. If that's what's in your head, when, yeah. like, I guess, I guess before the bullets in your head, um, and he's shot in the same fashion we're told the dog, the dog should be shot yeah because i said to you before then i i thought in my head uh i remember him looking out to a field he's looking at a horizon but a horizon yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah and he's visualizing it so maybe you're visualizing through his visualization yeah, 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 the yeah, field yeah. and all that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um and then we cut to uh lenny asks oh i've got that already uh, cut to George now on the train by himself. And is this where he was at the start? We don't know because we started the movie with the two of them on the train. And now he's, is, he's by himself. Alone. Guys like us who live on, who work on ranches are the loneliest guys in the world. Yeah. So it does tell us right at the beginning what's going to happen. And he looks, it? he looks miserable. And um, then we have a flashback of them throwing one thing of barley up and walking off. No wonder the boss is upset they're not working very hard. I, I don't like that though. at all. But the book ends differently. Did you notice how they walked away, though? And slow, oh, he's he's sort of holding on he to the back of his... He holds on to yeah. George. Yeah, it's nice. You know, like a child would hold on to yep. a parent. And that's the, in the book, it's always George in front, even though he's small. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about the, about the narrator's voice. So you get the advantage of a camera, so you can direct my vision, but you're losing the poetry of, of the narrator's voice. Yeah, yeah. In the book... He shoots him because he can hear again, like the the, the, dogs, the, the dogs and the horses coming. Shoots him, and he comes out, and Slim consoles him and goes, you had no other choice. It's the only thing you could do. And George is like, yeah, he's like, it's the only thing you could do. Because we feel George wrestling with, after the fact, what he's doing. And, and then, that's, then his, that's his life as well. And then two forward. random guys are watching them, and one of them goes like, what the hell do you suppose is eating those two guys up? And it's the idea about the, hum- the detachment of humanity. And oh, for a moment, okay. you like jump no into someone else's happen. perspective and they don't get why this is a big deal. Oh, okay. and, that, and that's literally the last line. And that's where we end the book. So I think it's a little less cliche than staring out in the darkness and then a faded slow motion walk away from the camera <laughs> and fade to black. Yeah, that's more Hollywood. It is more Hollywood, but I'm just like, yeah. We can't even have a moment of like, deep thought or catharsis or anything it's happy montage yeah so you know we're in the end game now and we are in the end game now this is the last 
active GIF of the week we'll have for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, Liam, uh, I need a random word, buddy. Rabbits. Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a couple that you could have gone with, but I think rabbits are the... I was uh, going to go with gunshot. But, oh, we're going to go gunshot. But, um, rabbits are good. But one. rabbits is better. There should be a lot you can do with rabbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there we go. I, I don't have a budget for this. Mm-hmm. I don't have a budget. Um, I don't. I, as a result, I don't think it's fair to do, to do the game because I don't even know how wide a release this was. So it does make five and a half million in the box office. Wow, that's it. Wow, I think it's a small thing that then lives on with. It's the schools that it's keep the schools. Going, it's probably yeah. gone on to do quite well afterwards, isn't it? Oh, I imagine like rentals and yeah. purchases. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and it did make me laugh. Like when we were watching it, like the "if you like this, you might also like" was things like "To Kill a Mockingbird," Inspector. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's all it's all GCSE yeah, yeah, English, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can tell who's who's buying this in the algorithm. Um, no awards really to speak of. It wasn't. I think it had a wide release. Um, it doesn't sound like it, is it? Who would cast as who? I think we've already covered most of this. I think I'm getting Lenny. Yeah, I think Liam's getting George. Mm-hmm. Or I thought I was going to get Daisy <laughs> or Curly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, George, uh, George you kind of got to be Curly's wife. Yeah. I'm not as. Oh, hang uh, on. No, Ethan's Curly, isn't he? I, I assume that's where yeah. we were going. Yeah, I can do I could be a bastard. Yeah, I yeah, can I mean, I mean oh, they're, they're so. It'd <laughs> be a good chance for you to sort of stretch your acting oh, yeah, legs. I'd love to. Have you ever I've played a been, proper villain? I've never been mean no. in everything I've ever done. I've never got to be an ar- I've always been like the to squeaky fair, clean guy. I'd probably like to play an out and out asshole. Just uh, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd really love like to. It must be fun. There aren't as many out and out asshole women roles though. It's not too often you find one that doesn't have like the smarmy. I've, I've done I've done the smarmy mm, guy yeah, a lot. Yeah. But uh no, I've enjoyed it when I've got to play a villain on a couple of occasions. Yeah, it's been good fun. Mm. Uh, surprisingly. But it's really, really hard because you have to go into places you're not used to going to. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean I keep every time I do it, I bring it back to John Fry just because it's the first it's a real chance I've ever had to do like a proper villain. But you go, okay, especially when you realize here's what the end story is. How do I make sure he's not redeemable? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do I add to this? Because you got to consider the whole performance. The whole thing, yeah. The whole thing, especially for Oklahoma, because it's such, like, he's so, like, gaslit yeah. by, like, uh, Curly, ironically. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in Oklahoma, he's so gaslit that you have to be okay with the fact that Curly's going to get away with killing him at the end. Of the- <laughs> How yeah, exactly, do you do this? Exactly. So what got- lengths do you have to go to? Yeah. So the audience rejoices in like a very kangaroo court finish yeah <laughs> like it really is terrible yeah <laughs> so yeah you have to ask all those questions and then go what's likable about a character and how do i remove every scrap of that mm. because i'm not ebenezer scrooge i'm not turning good in the end no 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 so how what does that look like so back to the conversation we had about matt last week or Fletcher, even, but Fletcher, but going, yeah. you know, the, the character has to totally believe they're one hundred percent right, even when they're one hundred percent wrong, mm. or else you're that character. How do you sleep at night? Yeah, yeah, true. So you have to be that person. So v- villains are great, are, are great, but they force you to ask questions. You almost because you don't get those moments. You don't get to be funny. No, wrestling is great for watching stuff like this because too many guys want to be the cool heel, and the cool heel gets to be funny and make jokes and be, you know, get one over verbally. But the the real true. Uh, rarity is guys who are okay with just being villains and i don't have merchandise and i don't want you to think i'm cool i just want to be the villain mm-hmm. and that's my only goal i don't want you to cheer for me because you appreciate how good a job i'm doing i want you to hate me 
Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think that you don't get as many of those in wrestling though, is because you have to live that life then, don't you? Because there's very few because there's mm. such a blurred line between real. And- it was the deal until the mid '90s, and then the NWO happened and the cool heel sort of established. Who's that guy with the scary, scary face in wrestling? Yeah, I think you mean you mean like masked um, face Kane? No, like um, mankind. He's done the other no. parts as well. No, not not him. I saw something today. I was watching a video today. Is he current? Is he? Oh, the fiend. Is it Bray Wyatt? I think he's Bray. Is it the guy who I have the Funko Pop? Look, look over on my on my. Are you talking about the guy who's second from the right? Yeah, it might be. Okay, I think it's Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. I can't remember his name. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's renowned for being evil and. uh, I suppose so. Yeah. Until he wasn't. Yeah. We'll look. We'll look. We'll look off mic at some point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. So. No, but villains are, are are a lot of fun. But you have to be. On that level, you got to be like, "What's Made my?" It. Yeah, it's hard because when you're the biggest villain, you're not necessarily going to get the big cheer when you walk down at the yeah. end of a night because people are still processing. Wait, it's over. How do I? And it's always hard to walk down the because you can't be like, "Hey, big How smiles." Was, I was in San Fran at the time, so what was your walk down like? It was good. Um, you have to walk down as an actor. You were booed. Yeah, you have to walk. You can't. You don't. You don't want. You don't want that either. You don't, it's, not, it's not a panto, no, so you shouldn't no, be booed. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a booing. It was like a. Well, imagine when Richard played played Malvolio. People appreciated the job that was done. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you can't break character and be like the smiley guy. So yeah, you walk yeah, down yeah. as an actor and yeah, you yeah. bow and you're like, "Thank you very much." Um, afterwards, I remember I went down into the the Kingsland Art Center has like this little tunnel down the right side where Velus are. Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went down there, and it was nothing but, like, one of the one of the actors, it was his birthday or something like that, and all of his friends had come out for that, so it was packed. And I've never felt more like a Hollywood A-lister for five minutes in my <laughs> life. Everybody had to stop me and say how good I was. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. And oh, I was just like, I just want to turn around and come back down and do that, do that again. It was the greatest experience. Excuse me, I just got to go to the toilet. Oh, come back. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> just gosh, man. Oh, you sorry. Don't, you don't get a lot of, maybe I was booed the one night, but you don't get a lot of woos, that's for sure. It's not that yeah. kind of part. But it is a part where people have to recognize, damn. But they're, they're not quite sure. If you're doing your job right, they're not quite sure. Yeah about what to do there it's helped by the fact that he gets his comeuppance and he dies in the end yeah yeah you know what i mean spoilers for oklahoma but um what that musical from the 30s. the 40s 30s yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know from, from a time when everything had a classically happy ending and all the loose ends were tied up yeah that time all right so uh there we are did this film have a villain problem in the sense that Curly's, the actor who played him, isn't convincing enough? Curly's not really a villain, was he? He was just downtrodden he's, and fighting back, wasn't he? He's Weasley, but not in like a, oh yeah, you're a villain, more in just like, you are annoying. I just don't think the actor's, I, I think he's a nice guy. Mm. Yeah. That was my problem. Yeah, he did. He came he's got a pretty face. Nice At which point then, somebody's got to land on Gary Sinise's door then to go. Yeah, either you cast the wrong guy, you or you, it, you or, or, or you couldn't get the most out of him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so there we go. What should this film have been called? It should have been called Lady in Red <laughs> is fleeing from me. It's also for my musical <laughs> choice. Let, ladies in Red, the lady is dread dead. <laughs> um, Something about rabbits. Run, rabbit, run. A dream is a wish your heart makes. <laughs> no country for old men. Ooh. Oh, this is like the kind of titles that like um, honest trailers come up with. <laughs> they yeah, they yeah, finish yeah. with a title that's not that's a- appropriate, but not the not. name of the movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there we go. I can't think. Um, what do we have here? Um, whose story is it? Is it George's? It's George's, isn't it? Yes, he's the one that we still carry on. He changes the most as well. We see he? him at the beginning, we see him right at the very end. And you see his journey with Lenny. That, that, that's Lenny's whole gimmick, is that Lenny doesn't change, unfortunately. Yeah. You can't train him. He, if any, he, 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 the only change he does is escalate. Yeah. Um, what is the story? The American dream is a fallacy. Mm. Mm. Capitalism is shit. It's the system is rigged. Yeah, from from the big short to whiplash to this, it's not been a. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it's not been a believe in the system three weeks, has it? No. <laughs> um, musical inspiration. Oh, I said Lady in Red. It wasn't me. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How much is that dog in the window? <laughs> what's the What's the song about rutting that uh, Forrest Gump does? Today. Okay, Born to Run. I'll do that instead. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. What's that one that all the kids are on about now? That was that, that was by What's Her Face? Because it was Stranger Things. Running up that hill. Running up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Running to that hill. Um, oh. Danger Zone. <laughs> there was a song by a Canadian band. I forget what you and even harder to say. She ain't pretty. She just looks that way. <laughs> Which cuz my Curly's wife uh, thing. And it's like, well, well, I saw you. I saw you standing there with the Beatles, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely not a. Uh... Boys, oh. boys, boys. They certainly have no future. <laughs> From the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you've got to have it when uh, it's the last scene between Curly's wife and Lenny. Touch a touch a touch a touch oh, me. <laughs> and the whole thing is science fiction. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Georgia, roll a woman. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because actually, uh, my, the role of women in the book is so much better than it is in the film. And that's difficult because she's so much more of a nuanced character in the book that you go, yeah, no, she could represent all women because she has these different sides to her in the book whereas in this she is just a victim and that's yeah. that's difficult to yeah no it's not great she is just a victim like she's got no malice i need a little bit of malice mm. yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But do you know why because yeah you're right because you don't feel for lenny at the end and you do because much you, more your, so if, your brain yeah. goes, you've just killed somebody. You've just killed an, uh, you've, fair, you've, this poor girl who's the worst life ever. Yeah. And then she ran into you in the barn. Yeah, because you're with George. You yeah. go, yeah, he's got to go. Yeah. He's also, she line. always sort of plays it like, oh, I'm just really bored. I want to talk. Like, I'm just a bit emo- like socially disconnected from everyone. Well, and then she's dead. Even the one thing she has, like she can't hang out with anyone. And then he broke her yeah. records. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what is she supposed to do? Yeah, she's just a victim in this, and that's yeah. not great. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, now you could go, that is the point of it as well, though. So if you're making a commentary on it, it it's hard. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it this is This isn't like ignorantly, but- we've just forgotten to put women in it. We've put her in this with this purpose in mind. Yeah, we have. And they, but they made the choice to, to take her from a more complex character to a more two-dimensional character. And that's difficult. No, I'd say I don't know whose choice that is, but Gary Sinise was also a producer and not just a director. So he, this has got to land at yeah, his, at his door. And surely. didn't he say that, um, she made that film more? Yeah, he, he, he thinks that she's a huge, and I, huge think that, I, I think, I think the actress is, is excellent. Oh, yeah, she's brilliant. And they actually have some palpable sexual chemistry, which I think is really difficult to do on screen. And I think they do a really good job of it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Uh, I'd be surprised how many people of these were like proper stage actors. I yeah, imagine a few. Because yeah. I think Sinise's background is in stage. And I think the it title like, it. like would the production of the film, because it is a play, would would yeah. attract. Mm. Um so there we go. Uh best character? Georgia? Um I don't know. I I mean probably George because of the different stuff he has to go through, but you want to do an honorable mention of one of the minor characters? Yeah, I'll go with Candy. Okay. Yeah, mine's George, but honourable mention to Daisy. Curly's wife. Curly's wife. wife. She does not get I'm, I'm gonna be pedantic. She does not get a name. I don't I don't care what the act, <laughs> I don't care what the actress thought. Her name is Curly's wife. Curly's wife. The because the the, that because 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 there is something in that because yeah, yeah, she yeah. doesn't even get a name. No, she's I know, the, yeah, the agency yeah, yeah. even that she even she even she belongs to someone. She's the, the property fact, of someone else. Yeah. The fact that the actor named her makes me go, You didn't get it. Yeah, that's so when I read point. that, yeah. I was kind of going, that's why I went, eh. eh, but there is something to that because she felt she needs to have a name. And maybe if you're the actress, you can go ahead and go, this is the name I'm screaming from the inside. But 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 but, but I hear your your point entirely. No, it makes Don't more tell sense us. with the story, yeah. just yeah. Curly's wife. Curly's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the book, yeah, you see the name Curly's wife a thousand times. And there's the f- and even like the apostrophe that in it that goes, no, yeah. you belong to that Bo- person. Possession. Yeah. Belonged, yeah. Just like a record. Oh, and she's broken. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Oh. Ethan. Uh, I'll do my honorable mention for Candy because he's just a sweet old man, even if, like, I will, even though he says the N word, but, like, he is an old man. Um, Lenny. Le- the, yeah. Lenny just, like, I, 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 I don't know what else I can really say. I just want to give him a hug, but not too tight. Uh, it's not that way around, you got to worry about. Yeah. Um,. I will also go with John Malkovich as Lenny. Mm. I think it's the harder part to do. It is. Um, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just saying my part. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I just don't like John Malkovich. That's fine. <laughs> um, I think he does an excellent job in it. Um, for that scene to work at the end, and it does work. It doesn't work as well as I'd like it to work, but it works based on what they had in the script available to them. You know, do I care about Lenny? Of course I care about Lenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, if you care about George, you care about Lenny, don't you? Oh, I think if I care about Lenny, I care about George. It's interesting how how, how we really? how we looked at that. Uh, yeah, but my care for Lenny isn't an offshoot of my care for George. See, I I I see. I care for Lenny because George care for Lenny. Um, I don't care for Lenny. Look at you putting yourself in the movie again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. But as they're they're a duo, as George. Yeah. You clearly put yourself in the movie as George. Yeah, yeah, do, you do. Yeah, yeah. Not as Lenny. No, no, um, but we shouldn't because he's the straight man. So yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, my honorable mention. I'm agree agree with everybody and say candy, but I do want to give some shout out to Crooks who had a hell of a good scene. He did. Oh yeah. And if there was yeah. more for him to do, he'd be be my guy. But Candy's more of a presence throughout the film, yeah. and Crooks gets a scene. Yeah, mm. Crooks is underused in this film. Very underused because you see scene, him in the background in sings, don't you? Yeah, that scene needed to be there. It did. Um. Where else are we at here? Well, I kind of like the idea if he's on the periphery, we don't see him. Because in the book, he just gets the one scene. Yeah. But it's a hell of a scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he might, about, some, yeah. he might get something with with George earlier on I when he trades did, the mule yeah, out. I'm I think sure. he might be right. Yeah. Um, uh, best moment, best element, Georgia. Um, oh, I don't know. Because there's lots of things that I would go, they could have done that better. Um, 
Oh, come back to me, please. Okay. Liam. Um, I like the bit where, well, through the whole, when they kept saying, when you're alone, you're alone, you're alone. But them two have a, a partnership. They rely on each other. Mm-hmm. And to the very end, even though it's not in the book, but in the montage at the end, where he's still holding on to George, yeah. that they're, m- they're holding on to each other. That might be, because the opening sequence is like three and a half pages of description of setting. Mm-hmm. And then we introduce the two of them. And it might be in there when he's holding on to them. So maybe that's them trying to play oh, some sort okay. of, it might, I don't know. I, I, just, I just like their, you think that George could have this so much better life without Lenny. But the truth is, he doesn't believe that. Yeah. And they, they rely on each other. So when he has to shoot Lenny, that's a, he's thrown his life away. Because he's become one of them loneliest no. ranch hands. We're zero, 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 zero now, yeah. You know, so for me, that's that. Ethan. It's the scene where they're talking about getting the house. And I think it's the performances because they're saying about the genuine joy. Like, they have so much joy and anticipation. Oh, is it? We all know how this is going to end. But there's like a brief moment and I'm like, yeah, they could get that house. They could go do it. And then reality sets it afterwards. And I really like how optimistic that scene becomes and just the joy in Candy's face for a second. And I think it's needed. That scene is really like the, the true like optimism that happens is so needed for the ending. Okay, George, do you have one yet? I, I go for the, the foreshadowing stuff, and again, it's more actually a, a celebration of the writing in the book because it's how do you separate them when? But it is in the film, yeah. so I'll give them that. Like the the repetition of the stuff with the rabbits and where you're going to go and what are we going to do and all those different things and the like the bit with the cat house and strangling the cat and stuff like that. The bits where you go, if you know what you're looking for, actually, you're already told it before it happens, and that's that's is very interesting. I guess I'll go, I'm going with this. It feels a bit weird. It's a faithful adaptation in the sense that I look at this. I don't feel ripped off no. as far as like, she's changed some stuff. And I'm like, I kind of wish you hadn't done this. And you had you'd have done this. But, you know, when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, that's George. Yeah, that's Lenny. Yeah. You didn't mess this up. That's a, that's a good casting. Well done. Mm-hmm. And you hit enough of the main spots where, yeah, you gave me a little bit more sexual chemistry between Curly's wife and George that I would have cared for. Um, but. I'll take what's what's there. And so, because I guess in a roundabout way, I'm trying to show appreciation for the original root story and how much of it still shows up in the end. And and the removal of the hallucinations, I'm totally <laughs> cool with. Which I don't remember. Oh, so it's so I'm glad, dumb. I'm glad. To, it's so dumb. I'm glad they removed those. Like, out of all the times, now you're going to put me in Lenny's head? Yeah. You're going to wait till chapter five or six to put me in Lenny's head? Really? Yeah. That feels a bit weird. Grassman of straws. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> felt like I was like, you know, Dumbo's gotten drunk with uh, with, with with the mouse, and he's imagining all this stuff in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then we thought, oh, he can fly. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go with that. It's um, a beautifully shot movie, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you, watch, you look at the, the scenery, where they're going through, it is very beautiful-looking place uh grumble georgia i mean with what we've basically what we've spoken about the stuff that isn't there that could have been there that could have made it so much more faithful but also i think a more a better example of the literary genius that does come from this book and had you asked me that when i was doing the gcse on it i absolutely detested this hated it couldn't get it but like i understand it 
a lot more now having watched that back going there's so much more that the little things that are missing from this make me go oh really it made me sad it's interesting because we, we, we test students along with a million other things at the same time Mm-hmm. And so it's amazed me to try to keep him because I, I realize when students are in my class, I'm like, come on, this is important. And the math teacher saying that, and the science teacher saying that, and the history teacher saying that, geography teacher saying that. And to all of us, it is important. And to the kid, they're trying to balance everything. And I'm At like, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. yeah. So, where are you going with the future? What are you doing next? Are you going to go to university? What are you going to study? What are you doing with the rest of your life? Yeah, I don't care about that. I'm just like, Curly's wife. <laughs> she goes further in each time. That's insightful. Remember that. <laughs> I would never forget it. Yeah. And at the end, I'll go, because at the end of the day, I mean, you can always make whatever decision you want to make on results day. Mm. Let's just get you the best set of results. You have the most options available to True. So. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like that when you're going through it. Oh, that's yeah. the thing. So that's yeah. why when I said, like, dude, I was thinking I was talking about, I don't know what week it was because we're recording these all out of order. But when I said do no harm, or, or when I will yeah. say do no harm, it's, it's that idea where you're going, look, slow down, give ourselves the most options available, and then you can make the choice from there. And there are people who will help you make those choices. Don't worry about if you don't know, just give yourself choices yeah that's what life is life's about choices have, and the freedom to have as many of those available to you as possible mm-hmm. okay the more tools you have the better work you make there you go um my grumble first off don't like the shooting of the dog <laughs> that really upsets me uh even just at least it. it's there for a reason yeah i know but whether it's there for a reason or not i still don't like it yeah <laughs> uh my other grumble is i've t- touched on this before why after lenny's killed um curly's wife why does nobody go to george why does nobody go hang on a minute you know this guy you you're you're his best mate what's going on where is he what's he doing you know were you involved with this because he says to candy can you give me five minutes before you go and show everything so everyone can see me come then nobody's seen him come he slides in the back Mm mm-hmm so they all come and crowd in and go, oh, my God. And then he, he just slides in. No one sees him coming in. So why does nobody go up to him and go, oi, are you part of this? What's happened? Because the, the movie's run out of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe that. I, I will say this about the dog. I once um, had a class, and I made up like a bunch of fake Twitter accounts. And I had them tweet out from the character's perspective throughout the whole, the whole reading of the novella. Yeah, yeah. And I gave one or two students the character of Curly's dog. Say Candy's dog. So when he's getting led outside, they're tweeting, where am I going? Candy, where are you? <laughs> Why is there a... Candy, what's going on? What? What? And then and he dies. And then whoever had it went rogue and started tweeting from the afterlife. On behalf of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and I did try and like... I was like, nope, nope. They don't, they don't tweet from the afterlife. But, you know... Oh, hey, Curly's wife. Actually, they did such a great job with, uh, with like... the the death scene yeah that, yeah. yeah you couldn't you couldn't really get too upset with it that's funny that no, was great that's yeah, something yeah. you'd have done as a kid what what tweet from the afterlife yeah yeah probably yeah but that was fun i, I yeah, did it for a while mean, it's end. a lot of work but it, it, it was a lot of fun to see people getting involved with it on that level yeah. uh ethan grubble um curly has no real um i'm being a dead horse but Cur- like my only real grumble is just curly himself because it's like you say i just don't feel it he's just He's like a plank of wood with a nice smile. Yep. No, Curly's yeah. developed. 100%. There's, there's nothing, yeah, he's just there. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure he's that much more developed, but his, I mean, but his casting and performance is better. So, yeah. Or casting. His, casting performance of the actor didn't seem like it lined up with what I was expecting. Uh, my grumble's going to be Curly's wife. She's very good. I think it's choices that were made around what to do and to give her more face time with George and less face time with the others. And it's especially that it's hard because do I judge this on what I know is missing? And that's the conversation George was trying to make earlier. Um, But I am going as written. She's a generic. I'm a victim, 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 victim. Men have always lied to me. Mm-hmm. and therefore it takes and therefore if she's only a victim then we've got to hate then, then then lenny's death isn't just okay you've killed so, like george should be angrier yeah this is this is a very sweet girl who's and died across the line yeah. and you've crossed the line it's like i'm not mad at you no no you should be under a situation yeah if the reader knows that she was a step away from getting crooks lynched the night before not that we're okay with it but we're wrestling with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's missing. And as a result, you can't have George and Lenny as they are with this version of Curly's wife. No. I don't think. So that's my issue is that Curly's wife is not complicated enough to have the lack of outrage over her death, not by Curly, but by all the rest of the characters mm-hmm. in, in the in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm uh anybody's best role ever really interesting choice uh is this gary sinise's best thing ever we've done we've done apollo we've done apollo 13 where he was the guy who doesn't have the measles he was great we've got lieutenant dan which does he win an oscar for he might win an oscar for i think i remember saying he's great in that we have this Mm. oh it's hard he's really good in this he is He's really good in a lot of things. He was like, he's Mr. Character actor of a nineties who then disappears off the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's still doing stuff. I don't mean any disrespect towards Gary Sinise, who I did reach out for. Yeah. I'd love to respect to the guy. He was on 13 reasons why season four. Was he? Really? He he plays, he plays the shrink. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's Gary Sinise. I haven't seen him forever. I'd love to respect to him. I think he had a run on CSI New York or something for a while as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's around, but yeah. it seemed like he was he was in high profile stuff in the nineties everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, to put it bluntly, I thought he was going to become a bigger deal than he even did. And he was no disrespect against his career; so he had a fine career. But I thought he was going to elevate to one of those like guys you see. Level. He's not. He's not your A lister, but he's like your character. He's like an elite. He's a guy who's up for for not. He's Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, I was just thinking Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure he went th- to that level. Mm. Anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push. Oh. Like his the name of the band he does on the side. I think he raises money for like um. It's it, it's for something. I think it might be veterans. I could be wrong here. He is veterans, but but he calls it the Lieutenant Dan Band, right? Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. knows what his most well known roles ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Is it his best role? Because after doing um that that film, I think that's why he that opened up a lot of avenues for him to speak to people. Sure. And that's why he wanted to help. Yeah. I think I'm going to land on Forrest Gump. But man, it wasn't easy. No, yeah. No. Because he is very good in this. Malkovich is better than other things. Malkovich, although he's great in this, and it's probably the least Malkovich part I've ever mm. seen him in. Yeah, I still don't like the guy. That really seems to be a barrier for you. Yeah. Why? 
You want to know why? I do want to know why. He bloody slept with Michelle Pfeiffer during Dangerous Liaison. <laughs> yeah, in real life. No, no, I just... I just I, okay, okay. So, ready for, for my follow-up? <laughs> and? So? <laughs> why does that bother you? Is, is this jealousy? Michelle Pfeiffer and... John Malkovich, really? What was she thinking? John Malkovich. John Malkovich is like John. It's like Jack Nicholson. Ugh. Like, there's a shot the other day of that was going around on. Um, I imagine it was from TikTok, but I saw it on like Facebook because I'm I'm the generation who still has Facebook, right? And it's her after she's won her Oscar. Yeah. And he walks over to her, glasses off, and he goes, "Thought you were great in the movie." And she goes, "Oh, thank you." He says, "You kind of look like an old girlfriend." Oh, I've seen that. And she goes. A new girlfriend? He says, well, well, maybe play your cards right and we'll see what happens. And he disappears and comes back and he's like, so what do you think? And she's like, ah! <laughs> she's like, and she's clearly, like, there's like a 50-year age gap, but she's so into him. Wow. Right? But why? Because he's that guy. Certain guys have this sexuality that seems to kind of go beyond what physically we think. Jack Nicholson was never a good-looking man. No. But he has this sexuality. Mick Jagger is not a good-looking man. True. But he has this sexuality. You know, I think John expensive. Malkovich has the sexuality. But I still find it really odd that all this conversation aside, but this stops you from enjoying a John Malkovich performance. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, John Malkovich. Because it sounds like Michelle Pfeiffer appreciated this performance very much. That sounds like <laughs> um, No, in all seriousness, I find him hard to watch. Now... I don't know why I find him hard. I don't know whether it's because he's too out there sometimes for me. I don't know. Oh, I think he's become a caricature of himself. I'm not very mm. good at, like, like you say. Separating when, yourself from a film? Yeah. <laughs> I don't align myself with him in any film. You don't, you don't show allegiance to him in any film? No. Alignment, we don't have any choice in the matter. Allegiance, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, okay, alignment. This has been your film studies education <laughs> moment. And because of that... Taking sponsors here, if you want this to be the coolest light, <laughs> <laughs> film education moment, we can do that. I will you work, by HelloFresh. I will work, HelloFresh, I will work into this. I've used HelloFresh, I haven't, I haven't before until now, so maybe that's because of that. Maybe because I don't see myself in any of the things he does. Uh, Do you know what I mean? And I, for me to enjoy, well, not not always enjoy, but for me to get him on board and get so worked up about something, I have to feel things from an emotional level. And the only emotional level he gives me is I don't like him. Like, I, I put him up there with who's the guy who did this fat boy slim weapon of choice music video. What's that guy's name? I forget it right now. He was in Wedding Crashers. He's the old guy. More cowbell. It's this guy. Come on. Oh, I'm Christopher um, Walken here. Yeah, oh, I was about Christopher to get Walken. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I put up there like Christopher Walken as these old guys who seem Again. to have like become caricatures themselves who are a little out there, but people find them to be like ridiculously entertaining. But you've got to make sure they don't just play the version themselves. I think society wants to see. Yeah, you're right. But Christopher yeah. Walken, I find hard to watch. Well, see, that's with, with exactly that's the comparison it, I'm making. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying, but this is so far removed from anything that's John Malkovichy. Yeah, yeah. True. I'm not. I'm not knocking his performance because I do think he's a good actor. I just don't like him. <laughs> he he is a good actor because he slept with Michelle Pfeiffer during <laughs> late. I genuinely liaisons. thought like he might have been like someone that you've like bumped into in the past and, was, yeah. and was an asshole like to Patel, other people. Yeah. Like, he was in some movie that we might be doing in two or three weeks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Asshole. Um, 
All right. Uh, Ethan, I hope you're ready because... Yeah. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. Um, Ethan, what are we doing, buddy? So we're going to start with Gary Sinise. 34. Oh, I was going to say that. Gary <laughs> Sinise. I'm going to go with. What'd you say? Thirty-four and thirty-five. I'll go. I'll go thirty-two. Uh, Liam's the closest. Thirty-seven. Oh wow, he's older than he seems. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, next we have John Malkovich. Ooh. Thirty-seven. Forty-four. Oh yeah, no bald spot. Forty. Uh, Forty-six. Uh, Ian was the closer with... Uh, he's 39. Oh, well done. Should have stayed at he 37. Looks, I still would have had it. He looks a lot older. <laughs> would have been closer. I was one off. Yeah, you would have been closer. <laughs> uh, next we have Ray Walton. Candy. Uh, yeah, Candy. Candy. Ooh. Ring around the roses. <laughs> I like that song. Hey, that, here we go. I'm going to just like do a mash of like, all his best yeah. moments to that. 68 is good. 62. I was going to say 62, 58. Oh, you guys are all well off. Uh, Liam was 10 years out. He's 78. Wow. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Good lad. Ethan, this is where you come up with the next name, buddy. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was I was right. I've, I've started putting every, well, Ethan, everyone is putting the age as now, so ju- I'm just doing that. Just to clarify, age yeah. game, age game, let's all... <laughs> I said play a fucking game with me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I everyone. I'm, I'm getting points up for everyone now. Um, that's what have, that's what I'm asking you to do, buddy. Yeah, uh, Casey's his mask. George's face is like complete like shutdown. What's- I'm so confused because it's really strange when I hear you talking, but like through the thing because I'm so used to hearing you talking because it sounds exactly the same. And then there was a thing, and I was like, "Where's the thing come from?" I could see your lips not moving, but then you did start talking whilst the thing was still playing. And I, yeah, that was a clip from that was a clip from the gentleman. It was, yeah. <laughs> I came back across it a couple of days ago and thought I'd use that again. And then Ethan gave me the perfect opening when he forgot we were playing a game. So, <laughs> oh dear, you give Ethan control of one segment. Oh, that's funny. Ethan was seeing who was winning. Sorry. Jeez. Okay, what's up? Anything else? Uh, we we have Casey's mouse car. Who is who's Curly? Curly. Curly. Yeah. Thirty-two. Twenty-seven. Oh, I was going to say twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Yeah. You're- Better to go higher. Uh, Georgia is the closest with uh, 31. Okay. I never win. Uh, and then we have Sherilyn Fenn. Curly's wife. Yeah, Curly's wife. <sighs> 27. 32. 31. Uh, Georgia is bang on the money there. 27. Nice. Yeah. See, this and is then- the problem. I'm better at aging women than men, but most of the films we watch have got more men in than women. Sure. Sure, that's the reason why. That is the reason. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, we have John Terry as Slim, uh, which Google, it's not the footballer. It's not the footballer. I had, I had to do a deep dive for this one. Terry Slim. Which one is? Oh, Slim. But Slim. Yeah. <laughs> I called him Terry Slim. What's his name? <laughs> John Terry. John Terry. Um, um, 46. 38. Oh, you're close. 39. Uh, uh, Ian is close, 
because uh, he's 42. Not 12, Google. Not 12. What did you say? You said 46? 46. Yeah, yeah. I just got there. Yeah, yeah. I pipped it. Yeah. 42. Pipped it. Is, 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 is that the last one? Uh, yeah, that's that, oh, that's I the last th- one. Oh, I think I took the win on that one. I think yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm looking through. It's either between you or George. I only got two. Yeah, did I yeah it's... it's uh, here we go. It's a you. Yeah, it's, it's a you. I didn't even push that button. Thank you, George. So there we go. Uh, so there we are. Uh, let's take a look at uh, critics, the good, the bad, and the ebs. What do we got, Georgia? We have got Todd McCarthy from Variety who says, Well-mounted and very traditional, If Mice and Men honorably serves John Steinbeck's classic story of two Depression-era drifters without bringing anything new to it. And then we have got Megan Rosenfield from Washington Post. He says, happily, director, star, co-producer Gary Sinise has approached it not with the awe of an English professor, but with the practical eye of a craftsman. Here are some solid characters, a taught an emotional story, a beginning, a middle and a wrenching end. I would disagree with you solidly, but never mind. And then we have got our good friend Roger Ebert. Heaps. Who says he kind of just breaks it? This I read this review through because the bit on like Rotten Tomatoes that gives like a summary was just him giving a summary of the story. Yeah, and again, it it was for most of the review. He didn't really review the film. I hate that when people review stuff like that. He didn't. He didn't really review it. But then we've got. uh, you can sense how important this material is to Sinise. So important that in this movie, he doesn't fool around with it. The story itself s- says all he wants it to say. And he ended up giving it three and a half. Yeah, it's a bit of a less is more, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Um, let's uh, put a fleece out like I'm known to do. Is this a great film, good film, okay film, or a poor film? 58.8% of the votes came in at good film. A good film. Just as many thought it was great as thought it was okay. So that's saying something, I think. Um, so uh, let's take a look and see what uh, our friends of the podcast had to say. Our friends of the podcast. Oh, sorry. I, I'm, saying, I'm, not, I'm, up. I'm sorry. setting it up, but not for this. I don't no, have one for okay. friend. For, 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 for friend of the podcast. Oh, yeah. You sound like Duck Man. <laughs> I, I, I was going for more of a dingo and the baby. Oh, dear. Uh, so it was quite funny. When we started recording, I like, opened up the page and we only had two reviews. We've now got four. So in the time we've reviewed, hey, we've, had, uh, we've had two people come on. First up, we've got Hermes. Hey, Hermes. Hermes. <laughs> This is one of those films, isn't it? We could spend all night discussing its amazing performances, our individual experience with it, how profound the source material was or is, or the deep philosophical questions discussions it provides. For me, though, it's all of the above and then some. Having a very personal connection with the SN disabled community, this was one of the very first films that I can remember moving me in such an extreme way. To put myself in the impossible position of George as an elder brother myself and knowing full well that my familial love would ensure I prevented any potential worse way quite actually broke me and my psyche at the time confronting these difficult decisions in life and growing as a result of them however is again what reminds me of why i love film so much cannot wait to hear the teacher's lecture on this one surely taking us all back to our schoolyard days oh nice well written hermes yeah Yeah. i mean if i if i held up with with, with an american teacher's version of it yeah hermes reads are always really lovely to read like mm. I can like cold read whatever Herm- I know if it's Hermes I can just there we go yeah it's really lovely uh, it next- flows really well doesn't it does it? yeah next up we've got Katie McRae hey Katie Adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> she'd appreciate it <laughs> 
Reverend Bruce's wife. Yeah, we are. Um, uh, who says this story is full of themes and symbolism, which I love to analyze. Some of the themes that I could see were the importance of friendship. Even though George and Lenny are opposites in many ways, they're very loyal to each other and shared a dream, which gave them hope and a purpose. Several of the characters expressed loneliness, such as Curly's wife, Candy missing his dog and Crooks, who was discriminated against because of being black. There were some other themes of impression as others, such as Curly bullying Lenny, uh, Curly's wife telling Crooks that she could have had him lynched. See, there's the thing. It's not in the film. Yeah, it's not in the film. It's not in the film. No. Uh, also a theme of dreams the dream that george and lenny having had their own farm was appealing not only to them but also to candy who worried about being an outcast because of his age and disability crooks even considered joining in their dream at one point two again that's true that's 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 also in the book and he wants to get in on that and then he says no i wouldn't want to live with i wouldn't want to go with you fellas anyway and he retreats back in as even says that he withdraws physically back into himself himself hope and then it's after he's all in and then after he's threatened by curly's wife he he says what i said about it forget what i said yeah oh that's true yeah yeah uh, that scene uh, should have been so much better yeah each character seemed to represent types of people curly was arrogant and aggressive because he's the boss's son and lorded over the workers he's also very jealous and abusive of his wife curly's wife a very flirtation was the only woman on the ranch paul lenny was innocent and he could harm others accidentally like the dead mouse the dead puppy and then accidentally killing curly's wife at first i was shocked that george shot lenny at the end but of the story but it made sense that he wanted to prevent lenny from suffering at the hands of curly and the others since lenny killed curly's wife it's a tragic story but the writing is so compelling the relationship between george and lenny is so moving i think it's an interesting that steinbeck wrote this novella to be read like a play in three acts and i think katie mccray might have reviewed the book and not the film <laughs> 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 which we've said though it's really difficult i love to the book it. yeah i love the book mm. Uh, next up, we've got Julene. Julene, Julene, Julene. He says, I was wondering how good this movie was going to be after reading the book. I think Gary Sinise and John Valkovich are captivating. I couldn't take my eyes off the two of them for the entire movie. I love them cinematography and the slow walk at the end was a chef's kiss on a beautifully heartbreaking story. The foreshadowing Blah. when Candy killed his dog <laughs> was very well acted. I was more upset at the dog dying than Lenny dying, to be honest. Me too. How are you supposed to be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because we have to stay in the room. Not that I, not that I want to watch a dog get snuffed out, but I'm left waiting for a gunshot, which was there, which wasn't there. We'll, we'll, we'll look it up. <laughs> well, as soon as we get done with the, da, 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 I'll look it up. Curious. Okay. No, no, we'll, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. Yeah, I've, got, I've got 46 more hours or something I can watch it for. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a look at that. Uh, sorry, I interrupted. Was there anything else you had to say? Uh, no, but we've got Reverend Bruce next. Oh, hey. I gotta hit the button. Hallelujah. Direct. Not adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) Who says, I love it when a movie is based on a classic novella. In case anyone is interesting, Amazon Audible has of Mice and Men with Gary Sinise himself doing all of the voices and narration. It's slightly over three hours. It's fantastic. The acting script are really good, but the story is so sad. It's a classic tale of disenfranchised in American society. Workers, women, people of colour. You totally sense the... uh, you see the total sense of isolation in the characters. For instance, Curly's wife has no name. Her, it shows her lack of independence. Mm. She has no ability to feel fulfilled as an individual. She does not fit in. She lives a lonely existence and has no friends. She's presented as a flirtatious wife who wanders around the ranch looking for human contact. She's a nobody and all she can do is dream because she has no chance of making anything of herself. She is a stock character introducing it 
intruding in the world of men i was also fascinated by the character of lenny who played played by john malkovich i'm used to john malkovich playing creepy villains so it's interesting (laughs) to see him playing lenny who was so innocent and so endearing i found him heartbreaking and so innocent i appreciated george's concern for lenny i hated that he killed him near the end but i get it he was sparing him from a worse fate with the lynch mob after lenny killed curly's wife it's but it showed how the tragic end to a great friendship yet another dream dashed sometimes the american dream doesn't deliver what it promises said ironically <laughs> yeah i think this film's kind of going that nobody gets their american dream <laughs> yep. that was steinbecky's kind of thought process but like you said lenny had to go really didn't he because he was going from a mouse oh, yeah. to a puppy it escalates to a person. it clearly escalates yeah, it just carries on doesn't you it? couldn't you couldn't have continued he would have no. harmed he would have harmed more people it's 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 a long form version of like the trolley car problem yeah what do you do do you take out the one person or do you take it or do you at what level is the loss of life an acceptable number and i think yeah, we'd, yeah. We'd, we'd reached our total mm-hmm. yeah absolutely is that everybody that is everybody. Thank you, everybody, yeah, who went ahead and chipped in. Appreciate that. Not much in the fledgling fandom. I got a few people that don't want to go back to school this week with <laughs> mice and men. But uh, we will take a look at that here. Uh, I've got just a few comments here. One from Carlo. I'm a fan of the novella. I have read it several times. And I'm a fan of Sinise and Malkovich. But still, for some reason, stop me if you've heard this one before. I haven't seen it. It's always been on my radar, though. Maybe I'll check it out before you release. I hope he does. I hope he does. Uh, an echo in the recess in the spheres of something. It stops. Um, says, really wonderful version. Well worth your time. I'd fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then finally, a friend of the podcast... Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Who says, I'm sure I've watched this at school, but I can remember absolutely nothing about it. I've never watched it again since. I will watch it through the pod. Oh. Okay. I got you. I think you're missing something, buddy. But Yeah, me too. That's okay. Uh, so that is that. So it's just time. If you like this film or episode, you'd like. We've done anything else with class. I mean, we've done two other Gary Sinise things. Then Apollo 13 and Forrest Gump. Not really done much. Jay Salaki joined us for the Forrest Gump. Any other classic literature we've done? No, I don't think we have really. No, I don't think so. Because we've not even done R and J, have we? We've done R and J. Have we? Yep. When did we do that? A long time ago. That's why I can't remember. So that well, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. We did. Yeah, I think that was like uh, we were all dressed up for our Halloween costumes. That one. That oh, was it. Like Halloween last year. Yeah, that I makes remember no sense. In that one. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. Let's take a look no, here. We were, Romeo. Dre- we were in the photos for it. Here we are. We out. We 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 recorded Romeo and Juliet on Halloween. Wow. Yeah. We recorded Beetlejuice for Halloween week, and we recorded Romeo and Juliet on Halloween day to put out for November second. Wow. Of last year. So there I we go. It's been a year. It. It's only been a yeah. year. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, baby. Yeah, Paul Rudd's probably the best part of that. That's, I think that's where we found out that the song Come What May from Moulin Rouge was initially intended for uh, Romeo and Julia. Romeo. I love that song. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, we had an open house at the uh, school the other day. And I was like on one end. And I was like, I'm just so bored. There's no like noise to sort of keep it going so i went on spot um, not spotify on youtube and i found the romeo and juliet soundtrack and just played Great. it and skipped all the Skip angry it. songs yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> i had a bluetooth speaker so it was just skip 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 so i think i heard like you know the the song from the the, the uh when looking at the fish in the loo yeah. oh, i'm kissing you I, like like four times over the course of the night oh, but it was better than silence me, that was good yep. you love me all that stuff. So yeah. Cardigans. So uh yep. 
Love, love fool, it's called, love isn't it? Yeah, yeah. love fool, yeah. So there we go. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, listen to some of that stuff. Some good times. Anything else I've gone to school? I feel like the go to school sort of stuff. I mean, we've done, um, really the stuff that we've done that I teach. A little more sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, R&J, like we said. Uh, don't hang us up. That's all. Two Story with Love, which is about school. Two Story with Love, which is about school. So if you mm-hmm. like if you like stories about school and teaching and yeah. the, the drive there, and those are also Dangerous Minds, good ones. Dangerous Minds, not so much. No. <laughs> oh, Coolio died this week. Yeah, Coolio died this yeah, week. Best part, did. best part about Dangerous Minds. Absolutely. Yeah. How can and they teach video, me? That video of Coolio and Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. When you watch that, looks like a completely different movie. Uh, very much so. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, so there we go. Uh, let's talk about our ratings. Ratings. Where do we all land on this when it comes out the other side? Uh, Georgia. I, I think it's difficult to separate it from different bits and pieces, but I think I've kind of managed to go, what was my enjoyment of this film as a film as it is yep. but what what was i thinking before we started talking about it yep. because i think that's when my brain started to tick into like remembering how good the book is compared yep. to the film uh what would i have rated the film when you'd asked me then um and it's not i think i'm with the with the people it's a good film it's not a great film um because there's bits and pieces go on I, I had a question but i didn't want to interrupt you no it's okay go on do you feel that your because I, I think it would me do you feel that your viewpoint or rating or any of that stuff is tempered because you have access to where the people are no i'm just i'm going okay. by what you said what oh the, the, the good but not great yeah, yeah okay that's fine yeah because you see all the patreon scores yeah, yeah. okay that's I mean, my, my, patron, my, my score isn't isn't the same as the patron uh, no i was just wondering if you felt that it, it was ever tempered by i that. don't think so okay no no, just, no just a question you ever know me not to like being contrarian don't know uh but yeah no so there is it's good but it isn't great um and it's it it didn't make me feel as much as i wanted it to make me feel i think i got a little bit teary with a bit with a dog with us because there's a dog the Mm -hmm. puppy didn't get me at all like where i think is it it should have been more of something curly's wife dying i think fell a bit flat no pun intended but (laughs) like it did um and i don't like the i don't like the weird little flashback bit they put on the end i didn't like that i thought it was unnecessary and kind of makes it too it makes it too hollywood for a story that actually is tragic you then show us that man alive again yeah you actually end with this happy vision yeah, of them walking away together which is not, like no if you want to if you want to land it if you want to crucible this leave them on the train yeah yeah and just have it fade to black from there oh, 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 oh. nice exactly and yeah. they don't do that and for all these reasons i am going to Give this film seven dead animals out of ten. Okay, a little lower than I thought I had. I had just seven and a half, but... Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Liam. And that's probably skewed by the conversation. I probably would have gone seven and a half, Whatever. but seven. My voice went a little bit higher there. <laughs> um, I remember this being better than it was. Um, as a kid, I remember thinking, wow, this really got me, really affected me. Um maybe because I didn't really learn too much in school and when things did get me, that did uh, sort of stay with me. But to a point where I've never read the book again since or watched the film until now. But I always remember it being that wow factor. So watching it again, um, it's visually it's really nice film uh, and it sticks to most of the story. Um, but like you say, there are certain bits that fall out and some bits that are better Visually, I like to see it, but how I remember it in my head when mm-hmm. I read it is different to how I 
remember the movie. Um, like Georgia, it's not a great movie. Some great acting in it, but it's not a great movie. It's a good movie. A good plus plus movie. <laughs> not not a great movie. Um, so I'm going to give this seven and a half dresses petted by Lenny. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just flying off the top of my head. All right. Seven and a half dresses that were petted, not ripped, but petted by Lenny. Well, they weren't. Well, they were ripped in the first that, one, I guess. That could, be, that could be the half. It could be the rip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, Ethan, what do you got? I think it's like this is a solid film, solid adaptation. I think, like everyone said, um, I I feel like I'm retroactively talking about my grumble because, uh, sim- like, cinematically, this is a very visually lackluster film. Like, there's nothing that's like as eye catching. And I think if you if you have a bit more uh, eye catching cinematography, you can maybe enthrall a bit more and add some things. Did you want like a Marvel space laser up in the sky? Or? No, no, no. I just I just think better shots and all that. But I do think this film would have been better if we had a CGI fight at the end of that, and that's how the film ends. God bless you for staring at the my jokes. I really appreciate. <laughs> they fight for a bit, and then they're mates. I think that's how it should end. But no, <laughs> um, with a big hammer. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it's, he, it's fine. It he shoots him, and then, like, the cap flies back into his hand, and he's worthy, <laughs> and he puts it on again. <laughs> George, uh, Carly finds out that Lenny also had a mother named Martha. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, I watched Deadpool 2, and I forgot about that entire thing until then. Um, but no, I think it, it does its job, and, and it's enjoyable, and yeah, show this, show this is totally, this is totally like, yeah, yeah. You show this year class film. Um, mm-hmm. So for that in total, and I really like John Malkovich in this, I'm going seven and a half horseshoes that have been oh, just nice thrown around. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Because the half is because close does count in a, in a, in a <laughs> horseshoe. Uh, wow, I thought we went higher with that, Ethan, and I am going to go higher with this. Um, it's really difficult, as, as George has said a few times, and I'm going to echo it again. Um... I remember this being better than it is, which I think Liam said as well. Yeah. How do you divorce the story from it? And the problem is... It's we, a strong story. I think you also have to keep in mind that it also gets credit, though, for the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the parts which it nails, and you're like, wow, this is still really a really interesting story about people who are, who are you know, focused on what their dream is and all gets taken away from them. We still have to give it credit because it's an adapted screenplay. It's not like we went to Whiplash. We haven't read the source materials. We didn't go, well, what was the original short story like? Well, they've made some changes. So it still gets credit for like almost everything Steinbeck does. You have to give this that credit. Yeah. As well as then how is it presented visually? Um, George, I mean, um, Gary Sinise is a fine George. The casting is, with the exception of one guy, the casting is spot on. Spot on. Um, and it takes me on the journey I'm supposed to go on. It just feels like a nice, warm, safe movie. Mm-hmm. In the sense of not safe as in, not for Curly's wife, but in the sense of safe, like, you put it on, you know what you're getting. Yeah, It's good old reliable. It's a nice overall message. I'm not going too high. I'm not going too low. But it's like a literary classic where I'm just going to sort of stay in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so it gets that. It's 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 good. It's not great. I think, you know, I've always sort of said my, my sort of gatekeeper is back to the future kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. So it fits just a little bit below that. So I'm going to give it eight. 
giant missing factors from Crooks's scene out of ten. <laughs> uh, not very often you see you lost for. Words. I was, I was, I was, I was stumbling there. Uh, yeah, me, so, my brain just goes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like what did I just? I say? sat there. When, I forget what one of them did. One of you guys did yours. I'm like, yeah, I probably should think of something, and just never bothered to go to it until it was time to say. <laughs> but no, I just ate, ate, ate missing things. Eight, eight times. You know, George refuses to take the money. Whatever, whatever it might be, out of ten, because I'm just going. It's good, mm. but I thought it was better. Same. Yeah. I did cry at George's death. Like, it oh, did, did well me up. Uh, yeah. uh, when, when, when does George die? Oh, later on. Sorry. The extended Marvel Le- cut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny's, Lenny's cut. I, I will the say this. Cut. When Lenny... Um, George kills Lenny, which, of course, is like I said, you can't get through any sort of book yeah. without making it with a class until you get to the end, which is a shame because big conclusions should be powerful. Mm. And it's interesting how much that's prevented at times. It's almost, it almost became a meme. So, uh, oh, it absolutely is. As much as the Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, George shoots <laughs> Lenny is absolutely a like, yeah, meme. Uh, what do you have for the patrons? Well, how'd they come out in the end? Uh, so it turns out you are the voice of the people this year. Oh, I'm this I? year, this week. Oh my god! This year, I'll take the year. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might well be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we had three eights and one nine. It came out eight point two five. It puts it uh, kind of in a sweet spot between two films we did not too long ago. It puts it just below the Big Short. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, which I'm fine with, and mm-hmm. it puts yep. it just above about time, which I'm kind of all right with as well. Um, you know, I gave them both eights, but, you know, if you're going to tell me it's, it's a tie break that of Mice and Men's better than About Time, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. They're both ar- me. They're around those sorts of films for me. Yeah. yeah they're good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all that stuff to do now is talk about what we are doing next week. And next week is a first for us. Um, it's a first for us with the BFE with, with, with a full review. Before we do that, I'm going to say, if you want to be part of, hey, having your voice heard, if you want to be one of the people, get your voice heard. Literally help us distinguish what is the best film ever. We have a Patreon. It's called yeah, we do. It's at patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. Yeah. Um, tiers start as low as three pounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Which is about $3 at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the pound is, yeah. is, 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 the is not doing great. So I think we set it up from, from a, a British pound perspective. So I, I, I don't know how it works with Patreon, if they've got like a steady exchange rate or if, or if it fluctuates. I don't know. Maybe one of our American friends can tell us that. But yeah, at the rate it's going, I Next mean, like, it, it's almost like, hey, we've created... <laughs> for, for American <laughs> listeners, we've got a heck of a sale on for you. You can thankless trust. You can thankless trust. So, yeah, so, so is that. Um, but we all the way from down to three pounds uh, up to our, our most elite tier allows you to come on and choose, choose the film for us. Yeah. And come on and do a Hermes and and completely almost break the BFE. So those are your <laughs> almost those are, Hermes almost. Those are your uh, options available to you. We're very He's glad to have you <laughs> there. We want to thank our current uh, our, our friends of the podcast here: Reverend Bruce, Julian Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeatmeister, Nate the Great, Cheesy, Andy Dixon, Holly Cowan, and Richard. Yeah, Terms and conditions <laughs> may apply. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're talking about next week, and it's the first time we've ever dipped our toe in this for a review we've had elements where we've sort of had guests on to talk about this format mm-hmm. but we've never actually done a proper review of a documentary Ooh. and so we are going it's the 20-year anniversary of maybe the birth of the modern documentary uh appeal uh-huh. we are going for flint michigan's own michael moore 
Wow. And we're talking about Bowling for Columbine. I remember when this came out. I'm anticipating a lot. It's, it's about gun control. So I'm yeah, anticipating yeah, a lot yeah, of conversation yeah, from four yeah. Brits. <laughs> well, <laughs> two Brits, a Kiwi, and a Canadian. <laughs> about yeah. american gun culture and i got some stories about my own time living in the states that i'm looking forward to sort of sharing mm. about me kind of looking around going what is this so uh we're gonna try to keep it respectful but we will wear on our sleeves what normal is for us for us yeah. isn't gonna be what's normal is for for that and so i think for bowling for columbine the assumption michael moore is more or less making is that he's making a film for an american audience mm-hmm. if we come out of from a staunchly kind of anti <laughs> gun culture perspective i'm just warning some of our american listeners <laughs> that's our default like that's our zero 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 is going what do you mean guns yep so that's where we're at what constitutional right is this. it what what constitutes what? Isn't it the right to bear arms? Yeah. yeah what number? Second. 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 Yeah. Wow. Free speech. Then the right to have a gun. I mean, come on. The difference it being when it, was, <laughs> when it was written, it was a pistol you have to load manually musket. for one thing, like a musket. And we, or and a we sword. didn't have and we didn't have police, and we didn't have well, we no. there, there wasn't any police, and there wasn't like militia. Well, they might have had trained militia, but there wasn't police. There wasn't armies. Yeah, like yeah. the thoughts of the British coming back, totally possible. Wow. You know, people lived in yeah, yeah, people yeah. lived in, in the countryside. Yeah, so you yeah, have yeah. the right to protect yourself from people yeah, who might yeah, come yeah, onto yeah. your land. Yeah, yeah. At that point, makes sense. Autobots is a beautiful thing. Mm. But we'll talk about that. But we are going to wear our perspectives very openly on our sleeves to start with and go, look. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and please respect the fact that we're not into guns at all. Yeah, but we're also, I don't want to be, I don't want to be necessarily deflammatory against people. Oh, no, 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 That's no, my no, thing. no, I'm not. I so it's that to. as well. So it's going to be, but what we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say here is for anybody listening, if we consider what might be your normal to be odd, just please realize where our starting point is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to try and address it from our perspective, which is kind of an outsider looking in on this gun culture. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way I want to frame it for next week. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So next week, please join us as we get ready to draw at noon, pistols Ooh. out for God. Bowling for Columbine by Michael Moore. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of two big documentaries he's done that I'd love to do on the pod. So we're getting one of them out of the way. So please join us next week for Bowling for Columbine. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And unlike people who work on ranches, I think people who work on podcasts are the luckiest people in the world. (laughs) We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. I get to tend the rabbits. (laughs) Bang! Bang!